Well, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, we are doing all kinds of fun stuff. I don't know what all that is, but we're going to do it. We got some Andor, some Marvels, some toys. Look, it's Geek Out Loud. You know how this rolls. Here we go. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, I didn't quite hit the post as we got going there, but I will say this. Um, if you've come to expect anything more than comforting mediocrity from this or any of the shows that I do or have done, um, you haven't been listening very long. Well, something. I just tried to be all sharp, and then something weird took place. Let's be sharp this way. And... Nothing. That's very strange. Oh, it helps if you have the volume up. <laughs> that we just left the realm of comforting mediocrity and we went to that ain't very good. I think consistency is key in light <clears throat> entertainment. Um, often there's a tendency to reach for excellence, but a life of excellence is a boring life. <laughs> um, I think we also need just comforting mediocrity. And that's where that's I why exist. I'm here. Yep, that's where that's why I'm here as well. That's that's where I exist in that realm of comforting mediocrity. You know, you have some places they strive for excellence. I strive for, um, you know, all manner of things. Let's see now. Um, I'm seeing silence. Is are am I not being heard in the chat live at mixer.com/slash goliverse? It says I, I mean all my levels are showing. I'm being I'm being heard. Am I not being heard? I'm very confused. Let's find out what's going on here. Um, so, uh, anyway, the, now what's happened is I've been distracted by something in the chat. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Whew. I don't... Oh, Blessed Cheesemaker scared me. Um, I thought he... Silence for the audio. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was hoping it was. But um, I hear... The, <laughs> in the chat jeremy burtz i hear yeah <clears throat> so that's right it was a joke and i'm sorry i missed the joke i was trying to this is what happens when you get distracted by the chat but it's good to see everyone who's joining us in the chat uh around about from all over the world all over the nation all over the internet. Uh, we're at Mixler.com slash Goliverse. Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com slash Goliverse. Now, could I be streaming this live on YouTube right now? Yeah, I could. But why would anyone want to see that, A? And B, I, you know, I, I'm not there in my heart and mind yet. I, I'd still, I'm still holding on to the old ways, if you will. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I realize I'm a bit of an old-fashioned fuddy-duddy. And I get set in my ways. I am... You know, the grandpa of podcasting right now. Well, I tell you what, I'm here I am. I'm just out of here doing my thing, blah, blah, blah. Yaggity, smackity, blah, blah. Um, so before we move forward any anymore, 
I need to make sure that we do this just right. Our featured support, our featured listener on this episode is Eric Galperin. Uh, he was given a mystical sword by a mystical blacksmith in a mystical land. Eric was imbued with incredible agility and speed. He's a master swordsman as well as a ladies' man. That's Eric Galperin, or Galperin, Gal Galperin. Uh, he's our featured supporter from the Goloverse Wall of Fame. Uh, how do you be get on that Goloverse Wall of Fame support? Is it Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And uh, we have going on right now over there, Movies with Steve and Dave just dropped at the end of September. We watched Superman 3 and had a really good time doing that. I think that it was probably one of the best movies with Steve and Dave that we've done because we didn't just sit there and wait on Frank Langella to show up in um, in in makeup, uh, you know, in Skeletor makeup, and we didn't feel like we had to continuously talk about um, I, whatever we talked about with the Transformers. But I, honestly, I was waiting on two things for Transformers. I was waiting on Optimus Prime to say I'm Optimus Prime, and to hear the line uh, "Don't talk to me, criminal." And so, um, but this one was really great conversation throughout about Superman, about the movie Superman three and, um, had a really, it was the best time I've had watching Superman three since the first time I saw it in theaters as a child. Um, every subsequent time I realized, Oh, this ain't that good. This really isn't that good. Uh, so check that out. Also, uh, hot tub geek machine with Shaz Bazaar is going to be dropping this week. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, on, uh, Patreon and the next goal we have, there'll be an edited version of that conversation we play. When you hear hot tub geek machine on goal on an episode of goal, it's edited down. Um, and, and the goal is to get it down to 15, 20 minutes of really, if, if I stick to 30 minutes, which is what they're supposed to be, um, when the bubble stop. Uh, then, then, then you're only going to ideally on goal, you'll get 10 to 15 minutes because these have been going 45, 50 minutes. Uh, you're getting 20, 25, 30 minutes, uh, tops of them. So, but there is, but I do, I'm not just cutting out boring parts. I don't think, I think I'm cutting out some key fun moments in the conversation to, to make it worth your while to go check us out, uh, at Patreon patreon.com slash geek out loud hot tub geek machine with Chaz dropping this week i think dave and i picked a movie for the month of october to watch um but i don't remember what it was so i'll have to ask dave again to find out what that is if you cannot support the shows via patreon totally get that um but i tell you what you can do uh you can start to show the amazon links a little love at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com there are amazon links there that if you shop on Amazon, just click on those. It'll take you to Amazon. Do your shopping like you always do. And uh, and that helps out the sites tremendously. Uh, because I still pay to have these things hosted and everything. And, um, and, and, I, and I really do try to make sure that when... I, I know that I joke about mediocrity, but I really do try to make sure that we're doing things to the best of my understanding of things. And so there are things I'm doing to try to... Uh, raise awareness of Geek Out Loud on the social medias and stuff. I'm learning, I'll tell you this, I'm learning how to make an audiogram. When you see people post some things, sometimes it's like a little waveform, like doing its thing. And so take to take a snip of the, the show 
and put it out on the Instagram or the Twitter, and it's like a little video with it. You can hear you know the audio, and you can see the waveform and everything. I don't know if I'm there where I want to, where I'm actually transcribing the little clip that I'll put up, but you know it, that kind of stuff. You know, going and picking the best thing. So it all takes time, and it takes a little bit of effort, and it takes you know the right software and stuff to do that. And so I've always tried to do things to the best of my understanding of things. And where I don't really understand things, I've tried to learn a little bit here and there. Um, I don't want to re listen. I'm not pushing excellence. I get that, but, uh, I am pushing the upper end of mediocrity and I'm doing it for you. So, uh, the, the Amazon links really help us out when you click on those really appreciate that. And so, um, there you go. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else we got going on right now before I get into things. Oh Yeah. Um, so to, as I was getting ready to record the, um, the, the show tonight, I sat down and I got sucked into a, a vortex of behind the scenes stuff on the various, uh, websites. And, um, and I, and I saw a comment from a long time ago that was posted on the about section of geekoutonline.com. Nothing happened at geekoutonline.com. I think I was checking the links for the Amazon and stuff because I haven't really pushed the Amazon links in a while. And so I think what I was doing was checking out those links to see if they were working. And I came across this comment and it was a listener who was going back through the entire catalog of the geek out loud and could not find, could not get his hands on episodes two to 25. So I began to search my hard drives that I have readily available right here on hand. If you remember, Oh, about five years or so ago, um, the, the, my hosters, my hosters, my hosters, uh, the, the, where my, where my site shows, they had a big, well, they, they tried to move servers and in doing so lost everything that I had. And, um, it was, it was the great, um, delete apocalypse. And we almost didn't bounce back from that. In fact, the goal has never been the same. Again, we are now living in a post-apocalyptic Goliverse. So that's why everything seems so disjointed. That's why, you know, things tended to fall apart when it was all said and done. Uh, but I need episodes 2 through 10 of Geek Out Loud. I cannot find them. I feel like someone sent them to me a while back, but on the various hard drives that I have immediate access to, they're nowhere to be found. So... If in your vast archives you have episodes two through ten of uh, of Geek Out Loud, I'd appreciate it if you could maybe shoot me those episodes so that I can get those re-uploaded properly. And uh, and then I think all of the episodes will be in the feed and available where you get podcasts. Uh, since the last time uh, we did a show, I think that Podvine, uh, we have claimed this podcast on Podvine, so I know we're on Podvine now with Geek Out Loud. I, th I think Geek Out Loud is on Spotify. I don't know about where else we are, but if you have a podcast app wherein you listen to the show and 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 you have to do it like some special way because we're not there, let me know and we'll try to uh, get make sure that we are a part of that that particular app. Generally, um, 
they just kind of automatically pick you up, but it's nice to go claim them on those particular apps. So, uh, is that all the business out of the way? Are we done with the business of business? I think so. I believe so. I want to, you know, I was listening back as I found one or two of the, uh, as I found some of those older episodes and by older, I mean, within the first year or so of geek out loud, uh, right around the time that I had joined, uh, Starkville house of L with Derek. Um, and, and I was listening to myself. In fact, it was around episode 11, I believe that I was actually listening to. So about probably, uh, the way I did shows back then, similar to the way they, they release now, you know, you never know kind of that schedule. Um, I was listening to myself much more subdued, uh, much more country. Like, I'm sorry. I know that I still have a Southern draw. That'll never go away. But the, but the person I was listening to on episode 11 of geek out loud, I'll tell you, uh, was much more country. In fact, let's do this. Let's go and see, let's go. Uh, let's see here if we can find, um, well, we're not finding it there. I better get some stuff transferred over apparently. Um, let's see if we can find this here. I just absolutely added some stuff. I know I did. Here, we'll just play it like You're this. You're listening to the Geek Out Loud Y'all remember podcast, this, this, the this podcast bit? of geekoutonline.com. This previously was about two weeks after Iron Man was been released. Y'all remember the previously ons? I got fat fingers. There it is. I said it. You guys really responded well to the obscure geek out moments in your life. Yeah, I say a lot of times sometimes, let me just say this, that I don't know what I'm talking about. The truth of the matter is, catch this, that if you're a geek, you're a geek because you truly enjoy something, whether it's a movie, whether it's a series of movies, whether it's comic books, whether it's whatever it is that you geek out about. You're Those took a lot of work. So here we go. I'm, I'm moving over. I'm moving over into the middle of the episode a little bit. And he mentions a few forms. See how it goes. Um, the first one he says is, "Who's got the best base of operations?" Now, I would like to submit this to the Geek Out Loud listening audience. Who Look, I, number one, I sounded very nasally. I don't know if I had a summer cold rocking at that point. I don't know uh, what was going on. But I'll tell you this: the base of operations. I tell you what, base of operations. Uh, that's what. Where were you? What? Who's got the best base of operations? Is that going to be the G.I. Joe headquarters, the Cobra Teradrome, the Death Star? Uh, my name's Steve Clawson. I'm Actually, I don't even go by that right now. I just go, you know. But my point is this. Welcome to the Geek Out Loud. Good night. That was ridiculous. Now, look, I'm not ashamed of a Southern draw. I'm not. I think the Southern draw is actually a, a, a really charming um, way of speaking. But when it, when it dips from Southern draw into country, mm, that's where we got some issues anyway. Um, so as much as I don't want those old episodes up there, I would like them up there. And, uh, and, and if you've got, if you're, if you have those and you could let me know, please geek out online at gmail.com geek out online at gmail.com. I feel like I should have a music drop for this, but I don't know uh, what would be a good transition. 
I don't want to rip off Techno Retro Dad with toys in the attic, so I won't do that. But basically, PulseCon was this week. And the reason I started talking about my energy level, I told, listen, I got off on, how stupid am I? I got off on my country accent and I didn't get to my energy level back in those days. Listen, let's go back to it. Here we go. This is old Steve. The fact that I had waist-length blonde hair and had created a definite yet accidental Supergirl look. I had made that kid's day, and he had made mine. Occasionally, being a geek has its perks. So that is, um, I was reading an email there, but I sounded almost bored. I sounded very monotone. I, I, and, and look, I know that, you, well, Steve, you're being way too hard on yourself. Why Why would you talk about it like that? Um, I am, I'm, I'm being hard on myself, but I'm not, but I'm listening to that. I'm thinking, wow, there's not a lot of energy there. But here's the thing. You can go completely the other way with a lot of, <clears throat> I'm going to just call it false enthusiasm. And there is a, and, and there's a lot of false enthusiasm, especially with people who are hosting events sometimes. I've been guilty of the false enthusiasm before. I've been on I've been on stage, I've been in front of a crowd and the audience isn't responding maybe as enthusiastically as I'd like them to be, so I'll put on a real kind of fake enthusiasm, some overexcitement to get everyone going. And um, and well, I tell you, uh it it it, it, it you feel dirty afterwards. But some people I guess can do it and not feel dirty. Why do I bring this up? If you are a collector of the toys and you happen to watch any of PulseCon uh, over the weekend, back uh, last Friday and Saturday at the time of this recording, um, I think you saw that. I think you saw a little bit of false enthusiasm from people. I think that, and, and it's weird because the, here's something fun. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Back to the early days of Geek Out Loud. Um, the Science Channel. Uh, reached out at that da at that time to me, and I think they'd reached out to other podcast. Not, I don't even know about podcasters at that point. Somehow there was a group of people they reached out to. I was one of them, and they were looking for like a interstitial type segment for a show that they were doing. I don't remember what the show was called or what. This is the closest I've ever come to doing anything remotely uh on on anything outside of my realm of my scope I, I don't know maybe i did some stuff with the smallville stuff but anyhow what i'm saying is this i sent in videos uh, i sent in a video of me like talking they said send us like a five minute clip of what you're geeking out about that sort of thing so i set up a camera in the the, the star wars room at the time and i i had a uh, i had a marvel legends hulk um, the original Marvel, like from the first series or whatever, Marvel Legends had that Hulk in my hand. And I was talking about, you know, kind of what I, they said, let us know what you're geeking out about. So I, I did, I did three takes, three different takes to show them. I did one that was very serious. Like, Hey, I'm Steve Glosson. I'm the host of Geek Out Loud, a podcast, the official podcast of Geek Out Online. Uh, and what I'm geeking out about right now is the incredible Hulk movie that's just recently been released in, in, uh, incentives by universal and so i had the hulk there and everything and i wasn't thinking about licensing issues and rights and that sort of thing that you know you have to worry about on tv and all but i was just talking very very not calmly but you know 
knowledgeably as I could about it and giving the information and explaining why I was excited about it. So then I did a second take where I was a little more excited, a little more kind of, you know, hip, hip, here we go, you know, a little bit of false enthusiasm, but that was more akin. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. It was more just me. It was natural me just, Hey, this is, I'm really excited about this. Love. This as a kid. You know, I was, I was putting a little bit into it. The third take was absolutely over the top. I mean, I just put on a show for two or three minutes, like, you know, just tried made jokes and was absolutely ridiculously silly. And I just did that almost really honestly on a whim as if to say, when these people watch this, they're going to say, who is this fool? And they're not going to have anything to do with it. I got a call from a producer and she explained to me, you know, the, the, that's not, she's like, that's what we're looking for. We're, we really want, we really like this, but you know, we were hoping that you'll geek out more about sciencey stuff like, you know, this, and well, here's the thing. I don't know enough about sciencey stuff to geek out. So now I'm out, but she said, we really love the third take that you did. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, you mean, and I told her, I said, but I was being so fake. She's like, yeah, but there was so much energy and so much life in that. And and I'm just like, okay, this, I don't belong here then. And I realized in that moment that like, that's what they think everyone wants is just this over the top stuff. But if you watch any of the great television hosts, game show hosts, they may be funny or they may be, you know, they may be engaging, but seldom are they just like intentionally ridiculously over the top. I don't know who decided and it's, I mean, obviously it's, I, I don't want to say it's amateur, but it is, it, it's an, it's a lack of understanding about, I think what an audience is looking for, because I feel like an over amount of enthusiasm that feels fake is pandering to your audience. And unfortunately that's what PulseCon had a lot of. Now I don't mean from their design teams and the people who are presenting, I'm talking about the people in between the interstitials. It was just the, the, the guys they had kind of, hosting the stage, if you will, uh, to use a celebration term were just, it was a little bit outlandish. It was a little bit, a little bit ridiculous. There were some other things that I noticed a lot of the teams were doing, um, because you have different design teams for, um, different, uh, for different products. So you had, you know, you had your GI Joe crew, you had your power Rangers crew, you had your Marvel legends crew, your star Wars crew, that sort of thing. And, um, and there were other things they were doing. They just were pointless. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm watching you present a toy. If I want to know your name, that that's fine. Put your name on the screen. I don't even know anything else about you. You're here doing this. You're what I, what I'm seeing here is someone who is presenting this line of, of toys to me that I may or may not be interested in. And I don't really care about any other information about you. So present away. Um, and unfortunately there was a little bit of, you know, just a, just the culture that was, that was injected in there that I thought was ridiculous and silly, but it's the, it's the, you don't have to, and I'll tell you what, you know, these guys catch a lot of flack and, and I'm going to, and we're going to talk here. I'm going to talk honestly about some things when it comes to toy collecting in just a moment. But as far as a team goes, um, You've got Ryan, Dan, and Dwight, who are generally your face, the face of the Marvel Legends uh, crew. And those guys are really who they are. You know, um, the, the, 
Dwight almost acts too cool for school, which is fine with me. Um, Dan is really, he's excited about Marvel. Like he's a Marvel fanboy, And, you know, I think he puts a little bit of that false enthusiasm into it. But I also know that if you cornered this guy and talked to him, that he's someone who would gen genuinely know Marvel comics and have opinions about them and want to talk about them. Ryan is a marketing dude and, you know, he, he tries to throw the jokes in, but he doesn't try to be someone. I never feel like he's trying to be someone other than himself because I feel like the minute the camera comes on him that he doesn't know how to do anything, but kind of stumble and, and fumble the way I'm doing right now. I'm not, I don't say that derogatorily. I say that to say that these three seem to be the most authentic of any of the other presenters that I kind of saw or, or, or watched throughout the thing. Now, why am I saying all this? Because if anyone is ever going to listen to me, when people tune into these things, they're not looking for a show. Um, they're not looking for you, an entertaining thing from some dude who's like getting so stoked about his head being on this figure, that figure, this figure, you know. Um, they're just looking for, hey, welcome. We're glad you're here got a lot of exciting things to show you let's get right into it because we know you don't want to wait around and have a bunch of preamble let's take you right now to our transformers team take it away guys and then you throw to them and they do their thing and if they you know and then if and then they do whatever they're going to talk about whatever they're going to talk about they're going to do what they want to do and and done you and then you move on and then you go back to the host and really what that host should be doing is saying is recapping and 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 pitching what's coming down the line. So in other words, hey, don't forget, or if there's something that they want to promote, and in, in the case of PulseCon, they were wanting to promote the selfie series, which is kind of a neat thing. You know, it's uh you 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 go into their website and you take pictures of your profile and your face and and that sort of thing, and you pay $80 and they put your head on a Mandalorian figure or a Stormtrooper or Spider-Man or Black Panther or a GI Joe figure they put your head there's like a few things they put your head on so so you pay $80 they sculpt and mold and make your head and put it on something which is neat you know okay it's too expensive i'm not going to pay to do it and i you know but i don't begrudge anyone who does well, I don't need to see someone sitting at a weird desk pulling out figure after figure after figure and getting like overly excited about every single one. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a Mandalorian. I don't care. You know, look, pitch it. You know, each each time they have to throw back to you, if you've got your head on a different figure, be like, hey, this is, I want to bring this right back to you. Selfie series, Hasbro Pulse, check me out. Here I am, Mandalorian. I don't think it gets any better than this. And then, boom, the next one, like, I didn't think it'd get any better than Mandalorian, but here I am. Check this out. This is me as Snake Eyes. Isn't that really cool? You can do this, too. And and that's fine. Like, I understand you want a host to throw things to. Mean Gene Okerlund this thing, you know? have Be a little fun. Have a little personality. But don't go over the top. I don't know why I'm complaining so much about this. A lot of times, here's what happens to me. I get to talking on this show, and I realize that things grated my nerves or bothered me a lot more than, than I realized in the moment. Um, anyway, PulseCon happened. It was uh, Friday and Saturday of last week at the time of this recording. PulseCon 22, September 30th to October 1st. And um, 
and I'm not going to get into distribution issues, ordering problems, all that stuff. I just want to talk about some of the stuff that I thought was really cool that was revealed. You know, I want to be into the Transformers a little more than I am, but they keep kind of messing around and doing these weird lines like the Shattered Universe stuff where the Autobots are Decepticons or the Autobots are evil and the Decepticons are good. And I don't really care about all that. You know, that's an excuse to put product out there and it's repainted whatever that's fine you know do your thing if people are into that they're into that that's great that's not for me but i do like some of these legacy characters they're putting out the problem is some of them you can't find because once again we've gone to they go to this exclusive model why in the world would a g1 character like cosmos end up being a walmart exclusive that i don't know of anybody that got um it seems kind of weird to me but that's what happened um, uh, they, they've done this great thing with Minosaur and I'll tell you some, some of the toy magic they did with, uh, Motormaster and the, and the Stunticons to be Minosaur is really, really neat. And, um, and so I, I'm, I've, I dug that and I dig some of their other stuff. The studio 86 series with, uh, characters from, uh, Transformers, the movie has been really neat, but at the, at the actual PulseCon, I didn't really see anything else that I was, I was really into. They ended the first day, though, with the Marvel Legends team. And um, Marvel Legends is kind of hitting a place where I'm like, all right, you know. Also, number one, the price has hit a place where I'm like, all right, I'm out. Unless it is just something that I really, really think is neat and cool. They revealed at San Diego Comic-Con the character Razorback, which is a dude wearing a like a boar's head on his head, you know, a giant boar's head on his head. So obscure, so fun. He was a, he came around a lot in She-Hulk and in the John Byrne era. And and so I really I thought that was hilarious and fun. The Human Fly, who I don't know the Human Fly has been around since like the 80s, you know, 70s or 80s. And I think that's really fun and cool. He had his own comic for about a year, you know. Um and, and, and so I think stuff like that's really neat, you know, so I like to pick up characters like that because to me, that's when like, I like speedball, I just got speedball, could not wait, uh, for speedball because it's a character that's fun. Now, could they have done a little more, you know, maybe a couple extra sets of hands? Could they have, uh, I don't know, give them a couple of effects here and there. Sure. They could have, but it's just kind of, you know, you never think you'll have speedball on the shelf and and so now i do and to go along with some of my other new warriors a la night thrasher firestar who else we have from the new warriors up there well rage but he was i don't i only count the new warriors as like the the first team like the very first few issues of that i was reading that i really dig from the 90s so anyhow speedball's in there i'm glad to have him but that's neither here nor there um but the marvel uh legends team in you know showed off um some X-Men stuff. And the thing of it is, I'm, I don't need any X-Men stuff. I'm not the hugest X-Men fan. So I don't, you know, so it's nice for them to reveal stuff. And I'm like, eh, I can do without that. I'm good. Uh, because it doesn't mean I'm going to be hurting, uh, for certain in the old wallet area, but they, they revealed multiple man, which in his, in his first appearance costume for the longest time, I had the giant size fantastic four. That was the title that had the first appearance of multiple man. And I'm telling you what, I, I don't know what happened in the move, but I'm missing some comics. I'm missing a goodly chunk of comics and I don't know where they've gone to. And it's really disturbing me because there's some good comics that I'm missing that I know I didn't sell anyway. So you've got multiple man. Uh, they are doing dark Phoenix, a classic dark Phoenix. 
and they're doing the the era they reveal they're doing the era of the blue and yellow um suits uh costumes for the x-men where they all wore those wolverine storm the whole gang so they their first thing is wolverine in that suit I, look i've got enough wolverines I, I don't need any more but they also uh showed off spiral who's some chick with six arms and apparently she's from the mojo verse which i don't know much about that at all as well as avalanche who is uh just a classic uh, brotherhood of evil mutants villain and then Longshot, who's another 90s you know, I mean, look, all you have to do is look at the costume. He's got pouches and straps all over him. Uh, but long shot from from the X-Men series. And all of those, most of those, I think, are going to be released on that old classic uh, card back, like the old, uh, old X-Men toy biz uh, card uh, toys from the 90s. So that's something they're kind of doing that's new. And so that's fun. Um I'm trying to think of what else they actually revealed at PulseCon from uh, from Marvel Legends. Because uh, right, what I'm doing right now is I'm just kind of looking over at one thing. They revealed a retro version of Ghost Rider, the little retro series, which is like the three and three quarter inch um, figures, but they're they're not up to be ordered yet. Uh, let's see. I I really think that's the only thing they revealed. Several things they revealed the orb. Who is if you if you just look at the orb marble or marvel it, it looks like a marble um, he in the seventies he was a dude like in an evil Knievel suit but his head was an eyeball still is you know in the comics um, he ended up like he died because he stole the Watcher's eyeball or some such I don't know got really weird there uh, for a time there in, in Marvel comics but uh, that's one of those weird characters I'm like I'm I'm kind of keeping my eye out no pun intended for when he goes on sale for pre-order because he's one that I, I, I feel like this is what I want on my shelf just because he's so he's he represents the weird and wacky of of Marvel comics and it's the kind of stuff that I just absolutely dig especially because they've got him in the old 70s evil Knievel look they revealed a few more things like from the X-Men universe um, but stuff that I just I never really read X-Men too much Back in the day, um, I, I was trying to be a, I was trying to be a hipster, uh, I guess when it came to my geekdom. But um, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I, I thought I was too cool. To, not that I was too cool to read. I was tired of hearing about the X Men. They were everywhere, and uh, and if you hear me stumble and stutter, it's because I jumped over to the chat, and that's that's on me. That's not on you. So yeah, that was some cool stuff. And then the next day. Um, there was a couple of things that, that came about, uh, some star Wars stuff for those of you that collect the star Wars. Um, they, uh, showed off some black series, Han Solo and in his indoor trench coat, uh, Lando, Lando Calrissian <laughs> in the, in a Java's palace disguise. The reason that's funny is cause that dude swung on the pegs. He's now at Ollie's, um, and so did, uh, as did his general costume. But these are all on like classic card. They're giant. They're big, but they're the card backs. Return the Jedi card backs. Also, uh, a scout trooper, you know, which we've had before. So, but the idea here is you're getting it on a Return of the Jedi card. Like looks like a vintage card. Uh, Princess Leia in her indoor gear, as well as, and this is the only one that really catches my eye is Wicket. Wicket the Ewok. Um, They've got him. He comes with 
a bow and arrow accessory, a spear like the old character did, a couple little drumsticks looks like to play the drums, should he need to. But um, yeah, man, Wicket the Ewok. It's about time. The first Ewok they did was Tebow, which is fine, you know, but I would think if you're going to do a Black Series Ewok, you've got to lead off with Wicket. Is he? I believe he is the most popular of all the Ewoks. There's no getting around that. You don't get more popular in the Ewok world than Wicket W. Warwick. So, and I think they just have Wicket on there rather than his full name. But as I recall, I thought the old card back, let me see, is it up here? I thought the original card back had his full name, Wicket W. Warwick, but maybe not. Um, and I think, and then there was uh, a couple other things. Um, Axe Woves, which is a Mandalorian character. I believe that's a black series. And then we get into some Andor stuff. Mon Mothma, Luthen, uh, Kaleen, Andor himself. Uh, they're all getting the black series treatment. They revealed some Walmart exclusive vintage collection stuff. Um, that was like R2 with a sensor scope and the Bespin guards, um, what else did they reveal there with that? I, I should know, and, I, and I'm and i not doing a good job of being a reporter here. Uh, Figurin' Dan, and the, the whole box set that I think is exclusive to Hasbro Pulse of the Modal Nodes, uh, that would be the Cantina Band, everybody. That would be the Cantina... <clears throat> cantina Band, everybody. Y'all ever watch Guga Foods? Cheers, everybody. <laughs> hey, this is some good steak, everybody. Uh, of course, the Vintage Collection uh, Rescue Set, which is four figures for eighty for nearly $80 and some little diorama. It's got uh, Mo uh, Moff Gideon. It's got a Dark Trooper with some flames. It's got Mando with a cloth goods cape shooting some flames. And, of course, Baby Yoda. Uh, it, look, 80 bucks or 75 bucks for that is a little... I mean, it's just too much. I'm sorry. It's it's too too pricey. Um, let's see. Vintage Collection Vel Sartha. Vintage collection casting Andor. I guess Vale is someone from Andor. Uh, we'll talk about Andor in a little bit. I don't mean to be dismissive. I'm just saying it it doesn't quite tickle my fancy like it might tickle others. Oh, they also mentioned uh, the back of the Marvel stuff. They did the deluxe retro Iron Man, which, you know, you can't do a Marvel wave without having Iron Man in it these days. And he is made to look like Iron Man from the cartoon in the 90s. And they did a good job with that. He comes with a huge gun, um, but he comes on a card back that looks like the Toy Biz Iron Man card backs from back in the 90s. So so some neat stuff. You know, really the only thing that moved the needle with me was the orb from Marvel Legends, and which is not up for pre-order anywhere yet, and Wicket. Uh, and I'm really on the fence about Wicket just because I don't really do Black Series anymore. Don't really do a lot of uh, Star Wars figures anymore because i feel like I, they haven't really put anything i'm like oh i gotta have that and when they do it's always like a walmart exclusive and it becomes the most difficult thing in the world to get your hands on because it, it, because one of two things happen either you order it and they're like well we had to cancel your order or they show up on the shelf and you're like how did this happen you know and then if you want them to be mint on card they come from walmart and they get all bent up now, I know I'm not one to complain. I get it. This is supposed to be positive and everything. I'm just being honest. I'm being a, a reporter of, of honesty here. Um, they they did put out a... They, they did mention a vintage collection Luke 
that from the end of uh, Mandalorian season two. But I mean, that's basically Luke from the Death Star, you know, just a couple of different little um, pieces here and there. So, um, okay. Now I got something here in the chat that has absolutely distracted me and it's blessed cheesemaker. And he said, so he made a statement that I never, um, thought I would read in my life. Never even thought I could read in my life. Never even thought it would be something to read. Got distracted researching for a cheese board tomorrow. Now, I need more information here, uh, blessed cheesemaker, because um, do you mean that you have to appear before a board about cheese, you know, to be certified of some sort? Like, is it a cheese board? Like, here are a group of people where we have over-regulated yet another industry, and you have to go before them and prove that you have knowledge about cheese, though you've been in the business for years? Or were you researching about a layout for like a, a, a cheese board, you know, where you have, you know, your cheese and your crackers and maybe some grapes, uh, uh, sometimes called by people a charcuterie board. But if you don't have meat on there, I don't know that it, it, I don't know that it, it counts as charcuterie if, <laughs> if there's no meat, by the way, fun to say charcuterie, like charcuterie, um, so charcuterie. So I'm making a cheese board for my church home group. Okay. Now, does this mean that you're like doing a quiz and you've got a board up that you're going to be like, all right, everybody, before we get into the Bible study tonight, we're going to have, it's, it's, it's basically cheese jeopardy. Here we go on the board. Here are your categories. It's all smellative. This, this is where we will identify cheese by smell. Holy cow, Batman, it's cheese. This is where you have to name cheeses with holes in them. The thin blue line. What is that mold or is it blue cheese? Hey, that's really cheesy. This category is all about food that gets coated in cheese. This is all off the top of my head. Therefore, I when now you're just being silly. <laughs> all right. So, welcome to my home. Have some charcuterie. It's a cheese board. That's great. I'm excited. I love it. Listen, I'm all for a cheese board, some cheese and crackers on there, maybe a little dip over here, a couple of grapes, wrap it up in some pepperoni. Um, I'm there. Go for it. Go for it. Um, what are, let me tell you something. Well, let's talk about food that gets smothered in cheese and, and makes it better. Um, the, the macaroni, of course, you know, it's there, macaroni and cheese. Um, I know people that like call it broccoli casserole, but really all it is is broccoli in a pan and covered in cheese, and then the cheese then is melted. That's not really broccoli casserole. That's that's broccoli and cheese. And I and I'll be honest with you, I can't imagine that making broccoli good. 
honestly, I don't like broccoli anyway, unless it's it, unless it's pretty much raw, raw. Why do? By the way, why is it that our friends in Britain end sentences that end with a W or words rather that end with a W with an R? Why do they feel like they have to stick an R on the end of that? But then we get made fun of here in the South for saying dog. Oh, that's a dog. I didn't know it was D A W G. Okay. I what? But we say drawing or or you know, I want to eat it rar. Rar. Uh, let's see. What are some other Listen, anytime you put cheese on meat, there's not a lot of meat that I won't put cheese on that that doesn't that doesn't make better. Obviously pizza, you got to have the melty cheese on. But I'm I guess I'm thinking of things that we end up we take and we smother in melted cheese. I don't know. I've, 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 I got lost at Southerners say oil funny too. You're touching on weeks of topics, but it's all built up inside. Let it out. <laughs> Mint Greenbird in the chat. Steve, you're touching on weeks of topics. We understand it's all been built on. Just let it out. Just let it go. All right, you want to let it go? Let's talk about some stuff here. Let's talk about, you know what? Let's do this. Let me get reset. Hasbro Pulse Con, you know, nothing super blowing me away. There is one other thing that's been happening. You know what? Here's, I, I have a confession to make. You know how people say, I hate drama. Like, they'll be talking about, oh, I just hate drama so much. And the truth of the matter is, is they may say they hate drama, but they cause so much that you know they kind of love it deep down inside. I don't like drama to happen to me, but I like drama to watch drama take place with other people. And if you just kind of peruse the internet long enough, you'll find the drama you're looking for and get some popcorn and just sit back and watch. You know, I don't like it to happen to my friends. You know, people that I consider friends, I don't like at all that happening. But if they're strangers, you know, I, I'll watch some drama go down, especially if it's stuff that doesn't matter, you know, especially if it's stuff that doesn't. And I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, um, as much as we may, you know, if you're a collector, as much as you may enjoy it, toys don't matter. I mean, they really, they really don't. If you take away all, all this, all the collectibles, you know, that I've got, I'm going to be sad for a little bit, but I'm, it's not going to affect my ability to survive and live. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to me when people get really worked up about this stuff. And, and so Hasbro, uh, the Marvel legends team at Hasbro announced a couple of weeks back, uh, the new Haslab project. In this case, it was Robbie Reyes, ghost rider and his, they're calling it the hell charger because they could not license the Dodge charger for some reason. But anyhow, this is a, a car, a vehicle. It's a, it's a, and it fits uh, Marvel Legends size figures. In this case, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. For those of you who may, uh, I may have just said words that you know what all of those words mean individually, but you don't know how to put them together. You, when I put them together in the order that I did, you're like, what is he talking about? Ghost Rider is a character from the Marvel Universe. And basically, Back in the day, uh, the first the first Ghost Rider that we were ever introduced to in the comics was a guy named Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze was like a stunt. I guess he I, look. Here's what how little I know about the Ghost Rider. I think he was like a stunt driver, and through a series of circumstances, he made a deal with Mephisto, aka the Devil, and he was made into be the spirit of vengeance. Which so thus, 
he becomes this skull with a flaming head and he's wearing leather jackets with chains wrapped around him driving a motorcycle with flames for tires it's just uh it's a really cool look i believe he came about in the 70s uh johnny blaze gave way to danny i want what was danny's last name um I want to say Danny Ketch, but that doesn't seem right. I don't think that's correct. Anyway, um, Danny Ketch was was very similar. It was Danny Ketch. Look at me. Danny Ketch was was very similar at, in in as much as he rode a motorcycle. Um, I think it was a little bit of an updated motorcycle, had a different look to it and everything. Um, but the newest Ghost Rider is a guy named Robbie Reyes, and rather than a motorcycle. He has a big classic muscle car, i.e. a 1969 Dodge Charger. And, um, he, and that whole, and, you know, so he, so it becomes like, you know, inflamed and he becomes the ghost rider with the flame head and everything. So that's the version. It's 60 years or not. It's not, it can't be 60 years of ghost rider this year. It's like 40 years or some such, maybe. Um, the point is this. Yeah. 1972. 40 years, uh, 50 years of Ghost Rider. So 50 years of Ghost Rider. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> I just got called out by Mint Greenburn. Steve, sometimes on this show when I'm telling a story, I realize something bothered me a lot more when it happened than I knew. Referencing the presentations of toys on a webcast during an hour-long at this point podcast. Also, Steve. Guys, toys don't matter, and I love to watch when people get upset about them. Look, here's the deal. I, 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 when I say something bothered me more than it does, I'm, I was talking about the presenters of said deal. I wasn't talking about the toys. I was talking about the, the over-enthusiasm of, of the print, the false, if you will, enthusiasm of the presenters. The toys, I don't get mad when they don't make a toy that I want them to make or, or get upset when, when they overprice things. That's not, that's not me. Um, so please understand the difference. I'm not here to defend myself though. I'll let you defend me later. So anyhow, they, they make this thing and look, honestly, the car looks like a car that, you know, would fit. They've done vehicles of this size for black series. Uh, for, for black series figures back in the day, which are six inch, they're all six inch figures. So Luke's land speeder was, is probably going to be about the size of this Dodge car, maybe a little smaller. And I believe when it came out, it was 50 or 60 bucks, you know, um, maybe a little more, but it was, and I look, and that was six years ago. That was before, you know, inflation became what it is, but even still, I've seen some people do some inflation math calculators and stuff to show that this thing is ends up being a little overpriced because with the with the Johnny with the uh with the Robbie Reyes figure and the big car they're charging $350. Now the car has lighting effects in it and that sort of thing. But someone took and showed like a huge Batmobile that was remote control from a couple of years back had Batman in it. It had some amazing features on it. They were selling for 250. And this car doesn't have any type of motorization, no sounds, nothing. It has some lights. Um, and they're charging $350. And so you have a contingency of people like, hey, this is way too expensive. I fall in that category. The problem is I'm not mad about it. 
you know i backed a haslab with galactus and i'm looking forward to galactus coming to this house and me trying to figure out where i'm going to keep him because i as of now there's no room in the end um but i i also know that when you compare this car to galactus there's a lot more that went into the making of galactus a lot more moving parts a lot more uh plastic you know just there's so much more there um, and so people would say, well, you got to wait and see what the, what the stretch goals are in those different tiers. The problem is when you do that, you're not, when you draw, when you put your money down on these HasLab projects, you're not putting money down on the stretch goals because the stretch goals are, if we get this many thousands of backers, or we get, we have to hit this number. In this case, I believe it's 9,000. Then if we hit 12,000, we'll throw in this other figure. If we hit 15,000, we'll throw in this other figure. So the stretch goals are not guaranteed. So you're paying the flat base 350. When you throw your money down, you're saying, I'm willing to pay $350 for this car and this action figure. And that's it. That's it. Now, quite frankly, uh, there at old Hasbro Pulse on the HasLab, I don't think they're there yet. And I don't know that they'll get there. Um, they had an early bird deal where it was like, Hey, um, if we get it done by a week from announcing, if we get to the goal, then we'll throw in this extra figure. Well, they didn't make that goal and they had gotten up to a little over 6,000 backers at that point. And, um, when they didn't make the goal to get that extra figure, it dropped back to under 6,000 right now there's 5,300 backers. Uh, with 28 days left to go with a target of 9,000. It just seems overly expensive uh, for this, but it's been so much fun to watch people melt down on one another about the whole thing because you have a contingency of people that are, look, this is what Hasbro's doing. We got to take a stand. We don't need to pay this anymore. And you know what? If that's the, if that's the battle you want to fight, you fight that battle because ultimately I'm doing what you want me to do. I'm not paying for the HasLab. Then you've got another contingent of people like, we got to do this. We need to support them. We, this is great. And we need to do this. And it's like, they've got some kind of, honestly, I feel like they've got blinders on, but then they start making videos back and forth at each other. And ladies and gentlemen, if you got time in the afternoon or the evening to watch these toy videos going back and forth at each other, have yourself a merry little Christmas because it is worth it. And, uh, and so I, I will say that it is, it has been fun to watch, but you know, I do feel like that the pricing and the practices at Hasbro, especially when it comes to, because this, what I've been more focused in on is the Marvel Legends stuff. There's been inconsistency with a lot of their pricing. Um, with the Star Wars stuff, they'll, they'll call something per, per se a deluxe figure that, and they'll end up charging $30 for a vintage collection for three and three quarters vintage collection figure because they throw in an extra helmet or two. Um, and, and on the Marvel side of things, not only have the prices gone up, which is, you know, to an extent understandable, but now, the, but the prices for some stuff is all over the board. So you might have a five pack of figures over here. That's 120 something dollars. Then you have a two pack of figures over here. That's $50. Well, why is it that that see that math doesn't quite work out, which it's good on the five for cheaper, but the math doesn't work out for the fewer. And then you have a pack of two figures when one's got some big old wings, that's like now it's $80 for these two figures. And it just gets to be kind of like, you, you feel like it's inconsistent. And then what they do, the problem is not so much the inconsistency. 
The problem becomes the lack of willingness to explain things. So, and, and two, the people that they will actually grant interviews to are not shields by any stretch of the imagination, but they are overtly friendly, let's say, to the Hasbro folks. And, and the only, honestly, the only people I see out there granting interviews are the Marvel Legends team. So kudos to those guys. But I would like someone to say, tell me what, help us understand as consumers the cost in producing a car, the effects on the car that you've got with the lighting and the action figure. What, are, what, what costs are involved in this to justify a $350 price tag? There's a way to ask that without being confrontational and jerk. I don't even know if I just did it well, but there, there has to be as well as now help us understand some of these pricing changes and that sort of thing. And just be honest. I ne I don't understand the secrecy behind, cause you're not saying, well, this is our process in making them. We all know you've got a sculptor you make a mold, you inject the plastic that gets paint apps, that sort of thing. I don't understand the secrecy behind some of these business practices. And therefore, when people start to say they're predatory and shady, they end up being that way. Now there's some, there's, there's, there's some people out there. There's a particular YouTuber that used to work in the toy industry that he gives a lot of grace to the toy industry because he was there and he understands it. Right. But it's almost like it's one thing to say, here's why this happens. It's another thing to say, it's great that this happens. And so I think that, you know, the discussion that's not being had is help consumers who are really passionate about this stuff to understand the whys so that we, without spin, and I know that's where the real trick comes in is without the spin, so that we can more readily, you know, continue to make good decisions, but understand why these decisions have to be made. And uh, so there's a lot of other things going on in the toy industry right now. Uh, Hasbro is trying to live up to its pledge to reduce its plastic use. And so they're going to completely non-plastic packaging, which has been a, in some ways, a disaster for them. Um, I, I've seen unboxings where people have gotten things that had been returned to Amazon or Walmart, you know, and what was in the package was not the figures that are on the box. They're actually, in one case, a dude got wrestling figures instead of Marvel Legends figures. Now, that's not because Hasbro mispacked them. That's because, Miss Pac-Man, that's because Hasbro, that's because someone bought them, took the figures out, put other figures in so the weight would feel right, and sent them back and uh, got, their, got a refund. So they end up getting some Marvel Legends figures for free. That's shady practice by people. So anyway, it's just interesting and it's, and it's a fun thing to do. I'm not going to back the HasLab and I'm not telling anyone else not to. I'm saying that if you've got 350 to drop on a plastic car where there's been a lot of videos out there where they're showing similar sized cars with similar features for much cheaper. Um, you know, I, especially with, with a, with a character like Robbie Reyes, not nothing against that character, but just um you know uh he's he's not ghost rider to me you know he looks he looks cool looks different but it's just not the ghost rider i'm i'm really interested in 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 seeing and i was never a big ghost rider fan anyway i always felt like ghost rider was fun to show up pop up in a comic every now and again but i you know but i know i'm i'm there are people vehemently disagree with me and that's great that's good that's what it's all about so Anyway, um, let's do this. Let's take a break, reset, come back, talk about a few other things. 
I billboarded some stuff at the top of the show, so we've got to get to it all, or else I'm a liar. So stick around. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this on Geek Out Loud, almost at the Big Honkin' Show. for the family that's why you should get your kids the all-new silky buddy a pet a chicken and your buddy too they are furry chickens wait is this magic a chicken with fur are you sure fuzzy ewok chicken well, are they safe for kids they're renowned for their calm friendly temperament they do well in confinement and interact very well with children sounds like it'll be perfect for the park a day at the beach or even show and tell at school you need one order your silky buddy today for 29.95 plus 7.95 shipping and handling 30-day money-back guarantee coming soon from the makers of silky buddy silky dung <laughs> sparkling jewelry sure you've got your sasquatch stick and statue but have you actually seen a squatch in person well, come on down to Hazelhurst, Georgia, for coaches Bigfoot in my backyard. He said, I'm going to charge $50 a head to come sit down on the back porch and see Bigfoot in my backyard. Tickets to the foot show, you know what I'm saying? What happens if we don't see it? And he said he'd only charge him half price the following night. 
so we can we can make some money off of that. Steve Crowder, one half of the infamous Crowder boys, says, Coach, real life superhero. Void were prohibited. Sasquatch may or may not be Steve Glosson in the gorilla suit. Steve Glosson is not an accredited zoologist. He is simply an enthusiastic young man with an abiding love for all of God's creatures. Share his love this morning on the Big Honkin' Show. All of a sudden, a freaking zebra comes running yeah. down the street like a car. I would have tried to hug him. Yeah. I would have been like, come here, zebra. Come here. We must study him. He's Easy. a zebra whisperer. Easy. So here's what's happening. The yeah. zebra is just trying to get back to its natural habitat, the interstate. Me gustan mucho los animales. It's the pipes of one Greg X volts from some classic Petra. Welcome back to the geek out loud. <laughs> See, I've tried to incorporate the big honking show format into geek out loud and I can't help. Uh, there's still the habit in me. Welcome back to the big honking show, but it is geek out loud. And we are talking about all kinds of things. I did a lot more toy talk than I meant to. And of course I went off on some tangents that I did not mean to go off on. I hope it was enjoyable regardless. I have been told um, that I have pronounced vehemently wrong. And so that means that I am now going to uh, look up. And this is, let me tell you something. This is old school uh, Big Honkin' Show if, uh, if I ever heard it. So here we go. Um, let's listen in. Vehemently. Vehemently. Well, my wife was wrong too. Here we go. Vehemently. How to say vehemently. Oh, they've got music with this one. We are looking at how to pronounce this word in English, designating oh. an action done in a forceful, passionate, or intense manner, a.k.a. with great feeling. Mm -hmm. How do you go about pronouncing it? Oh. Vehemently. Mm, that's a foreign. That's someone that's not English speaking by nature. <laughs> Vehemently. Vehemently. Uh, rural pronunciation. This is a classic right here. This is one of those that will have us up till uh, 12 in the morning uh, saying this. If I can find the old school one that was so funny back in the day. But I don't think. Uh, no. I can't find it. Oh, that's it. Maybe this is it. No, I don't think this is it. 
Let's see. Rural. No, that was the wrong thing. That was a scary child saying rural. Wow. Oh, here it is. This has to be it. Rur. Rur. <laughs> Billy, Bob, and Mary Lou live in a rur area. Rur. <laughs> now that's classic, ladies and gentlemen. That is some old school stuff that I absolutely love and 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 had fun with. Um, let's see what I've got here on the docket. Uh, let's. <clears throat> It's going to be easy to talk about this one. She-Hulk uh, is in like its fifth or sixth episode. Um, it has been, I wish it were funnier than it is. That uh, That's the only thing I've got. I think that there are still some people who are looking at it, trying to figure out, oh, this is how it fits into the rest of the MCU, et cetera, et cetera, and not just letting it kind of be a standalone funny thing. I think that's what some of the re some reviewers are doing. I also, and it's fine if it, it you know, if there are connections and, and I'm sure there are, I actually posted something on Twitter the other day after the, the name of the website, the intelligentsia came out. The intelligentsia was, uh, an organization led by the leader of a lot of Marvel smartest, uh, villains. And they even had Dr. Doom in there. Uh, but it was like leader and Modoc and the thinker and maybe the red ghost. And this was all during like the red Hulk world war Hulks, um, followed the Hulks kind of stuff. And, and so that's interesting. And, and I think it would be really neat if the leader ends up making an appearance, especially with the Hulk now off world. Um, that's another thing that's kind of playing into, uh, the, the MCU, I guess, is, is where we're going with the Hulk. Uh, and, and that's fine. That's all good. Let, you know, let's do it. Um, I know there's some people who also have problems with certain things that have been said and done. And, and I'll be honest with you, the creators of this show do no one any favors. And the people who are promoting the show do no one any favors when they talk about how it, when they talk about who it is not made for. The problem is, or the people that you're saying it's not made for are the people who make up a majority of your audience. Make it for everybody. And and humor is universal. And there have been some funny things and some not so funny things. I I, I don't like what they did with uh, the Wrecking Crew. I feel like the Wrecking Crew got, um, got, uh, got kind of the shaft, if you will. The Wrecking Crew is not a, a, a D-list Marvel supervillain team are they a-list at one time i would say they were i mean these guys were involved in secret wars these guys have their own backstories they're you know they've got asgardian powered weapons they're not you know and it's not and, and i'm sorry the record doesn't carry around like what looks to be like a tiny little um you know softball size metal ball the records you know ball and chain is huge like that's the whole thing it's oversized it's big not the wrecker. Um, the wrecker has the crowbar. Uh, who has? Is it Thunderball that has the ball? Anyhow, it's not a tiny little. The, the point is, is they really made those guys fools, and that's unfortunate because they're a good superhero team that deserved a little bit more. Um, I, I think there has been some kind of humorous stuff. I really, the stuff with Emil Blonsky at his retreat was kind of fun and had, I think, a lot of potential. I think it's even got more potential if Blonsky is going to turn around and be a bad guy. 
uh, you know, that he is, he's done the work to try to prove to everyone he's okay. And then he ends up being a bad guy. I'd love to see the abominations, on, the abominations, the abomination on the thunderbolts down the road. He is. And, and if, and if you have a general Ross, which by the way, I just found out, I feel like I might should have known it, but I kind of didn't. I'd forgotten, I guess that William Hurd had passed away. And I was talking to my good friend Derek the other day or texting with him. And, and he mentioned, you know, some of the casting choices have been thrown out there for Thunderbolt Ross. Why would they recast him? They're not recasting. They didn't recast Black Panther. You know, I don't. Why in the world would we ever recast anybody? Uh, you know, they're the character. If they die, the character dies. That mm, I just I got really real with my thoughts on some things, didn't I? Anyhow, um. There is a rumor about Harrison Ford being Thunderbolt Ross. I can't, you know what? I, I could see it if they get a stand in to do all the digital suit work for him, you know, the, the mocap and everything. I, I think that because if, if Thunderbolt Ross shows up to lead the Thunderbolts, I think, I think, well, you know what? It could be wrong. Everyone's assuming he's going to show up as Red Hulk. Um, but that may not be the case. Uh, and I just did something I hate when people do. You know, the Red Hulk was a mystery in the comics. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Until they finally revealed. Back when Winter Soldier was coming out, we made it a point on this show not to talk about Winter Soldier being Bucky because there were people who didn't read the comics who may not know that. Everyone else was just assuming everyone knew, and I didn't appreciate that. You know, they didn't show it in the commercials or anything. So um, I may bleep some of that out or edit it later because I don't... I don't want to be the person who ruins it, but maybe Red Hulk will be there. Anyhow, I don't know. Harrison Ford might be a fun choice. Um, I'd like to see Harrison Ford, the big general Thunderbolt Ross mustache. Uh, I'd love him to bring back Sam Elliott. I think that Sam Elliott was a great choice back with Ang Lee's Hulk. And I just, I thought he was, I thought he did a great job. I think the problem with my big problem with Ang Lee's Hulk was it, there was just something about the pacing of the movie something about the sound design and the whispering in the movie that the things that were supposed to be awesome when they happened didn't seem as awesome as they should because either it was too dark or it just kind of happened weird or there was something about the, again, I think, it, I don't know if it was the pacing or the music or something. Anyhow, um, back to, back to what I saw. She-Hulk, anyhow, uh, I think the biggest crime She-Hulk has is it's just not very funny. And people say, well, if you're a woman, it's hilarious. Okay, great. Guess what? You got all kinds of people watching. This isn't Lifetime. This isn't Oxygen. This isn't a Hallmark movie. This is a this is a show that should be made for everyone. And the minute you let people make shows for some specific audience that when you're trying to reach everyone, especially people that have been reading these characters for years and years and years, you, you're making a mistake. I'm sorry. You just are. Anyway... Um, poor Elfman, LOL. Look, Danny Elfman, I, we've talked about the Hulk score before. Oh, here we go. Tangent time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we've talked about the Hulk score before. I, I thought that the Hulk was, um, one of Elfman's better, uh, better scores of superhero movies because he got away from, what he done with Spider-Man and Batman, you know, dun, 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 you know, that kind of build up. It, it, it's there a little bit, but this is kind of what was going on. Had a much more science-y feel, but also this kind of... 
There's the descending notes here. And you've got... Here comes the big title. That's the most Elfman thing he does in the score right there is as the big title shows up. He does that. Everything else with this 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 six-note kind of descent motif that he does and builds around it, as well as a lot of the more um, exotic-style music, you know, that seems like it's got almost like a Vuvuzela in there, you know. There's a vocalist at one point that kind of comes on, a lot of percussion stuff happening in some places. And here, the, the percussion will kick in. Very electronic stuff going on as the sciencey stuff is happening. But, you know, so it's not that the, the music was necessarily bad. It's not really memorable. But as it was happening in the film, like, they're just... Look, the first Hulk out wasn't great at all. When you compare the first Hulk out of Ang Lee's Hulk, where he's in the hospital or he's in the lab and he tears up the lab, it's neat, you know, the tearing up the lab and everything, especially how they did it. When you compare that to the the dramatic nature of the incredible hulk the first time we see him hulk out in the incredible hulk uh there in the soda factory um it's it's two completely different things you've got the army chasing you've got all this here you've just got his dad sitting there staring at him you know he had a bad dream and he woke up and turned into the hulk in in ang lee's hulk you know it i don't know there it to me the the biggest thing about ang lee's hulk was not even the digital Hulk, you know, which a lot of people, you know, made fun of and complained about, you know, but, uh, to me, the the biggest problem was that it was boring, you know, in a lot of places where it shouldn't have been boring. And I think that's the kind of the, the she Hulk's biggest crime. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think that, you know, there are some digital assets that I wish were a little more polished. I, I think there is a little too much uncanny Valley in in she Hulk's eyes, but I, I think they nailed the look of the character. I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm really glad that, you know, she's got a, like a super suit that she's going to be putting on pretty soon. That looks like it came right out of the comic books, which is great. You know, the whole daredevil helmet in the, in the dudes thing. That's, that's exciting. You know, that we we're going to see him. We saw him in one of the previews. Look, we've seen Mr. Immortal, which I didn't like the characterization of Mr. Immortal, but like, that's man, that's some great lakes Avenger stuff right there. That's right out of the nineties. That's right out of, I, I wasn't a big Greg Lakes Avenger fan, but I'll tell you who was my, my cousin who you've heard on this show before. Uh, and, and he loved to talk Great Lakes Avengers. They're, they're hilarious. They were funny little, you know, kind of weird corner of the Marvel universe. If they made the Great Lakes Avengers and Marvel Legends forms, those are the kind of figures that I would be buying. Um, and then, uh, Porcupine was on this last episode. How funny is that? You know, and, I mean, and they got the look pretty well, you know, pretty down right. So way to go, She-Hulk, on that on, on those notes, you know. And and should the porcupine be used as a joke? I think so, you know. I I don't know of any um I don't I don't know of any time that the porcupine was a huge threat, you know, in in the Marvel. It's kind of the Stiltman thing. You know, when when Stiltman first uh first showed up in the pages of Daredevil, he was a he was he was a foe to be reckoned with, you know. Porcupine might have been as well in Tales to Astonish number forty eight back in October of nineteen sixty three. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, 
but he was fighting Ant Man and, and the Wasp in the in that story. So uh, <laughs> of course they shrunk him down because that's what you have to do. And um, he he was you know I don't know he just uh, he never he never really became a big thing. So to use him as a as a comedy bit, I think is fine. I think it's good stuff. But anyway, I you know. We'll see how the whole show ends. It's one that because of my enjoyment of all things Hulk, um, I continue to give a chance, just hoping it'll get better. Uh, I have been called to task by some people, and I've even kind of stuck my toe in the water of actual discussion about Andor. Um, Andor suffers from the same problem that Ang Lee's Hulk suffers from. Uh, I go back to Ang Lee's Hulk. It thinks it should seem awesome, don't. You don't, I don't, there's, I don't feel Andor in the way that there are a lot of people that do. I, I question them, but you know, I think that, I think that a lot of fans suffer from, I really want to like something. And, and when they don't, they, they, they try to ramp it up. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of such a thing of such a time in my life. Ang Lee's Hulk. I was a staunch defender of Ang Lee's Hulk, man. I took up for it and I really tried to really you know, be a voice amongst people that were giving me a hard time about it for the longest time about how good Ang Lee's Hulk is and, and how you got to give it more of a chance. You got to understand the story. You got to understand that, you know, the Hulk, his whole emotional trauma and all that good stuff. And, um, and, and so then the incredible Hulk came out and I'm like, Oh, thank God I can stop. I literally said this to people. I can stop defending Ang Lee's Hulk now. Like I had to defend it. I, I, I know I didn't, but you know what I mean? Like it, it bothers you when you want to really like something and people are critical of it or when you really like something and people are critical of it. I am, I am, I'm making a blanket statement right here. I think a lot of star Wars fans want to like Andor because of all the goodwill from rogue one and because Mon Mothma's in this thing and you know, we've been to Coruscant now at this point and I think a lot of people want to like Andor. But I think if people are honest, it is boring. And people say, oh, it's great world building. It's great world building. I even, look, I'm going to call them out here. I, I was dabbling in a Facebook group the other day. Something you should never, ever do. Something you should never, ever do. And someone said, people watch the first 45 minutes of A New Hope and then tell me how boring Andor is. And so I'm like, let me tell you what happened the first 45 minutes of A New Hope. New Hope opens with a spaceship chase, a, a, a shootout on the Tantive Four, the introduction of Darth Vader, all of our characters. We see Luke uh, face down by, you know, taken out by sand people. We're introduced to Obi-Wan Kenobi. We hear about the Force and the Jedi, and we show up in the first 45 minutes at the Moss Eisley Cantina. We learn so much about so many things. We do, we do George Lucas does more world building in the first 45 minutes of A New Hope that or universe building than has been done in Andor that and that's what a lot of people are saying like oh it's such great world building also in the first 45 minutes except for Jawas uh we're pretty much if there's an alien language spoken like when you get well it's, it's after the 45 minute mark but when Greedo talks and you need to know what he's saying guess what there's subtitles there same thing in the special edition when Jabba talks flash forward to the return of the Jedi when Jabba talks there's subtitles there if you're going to have a alien language you either need to have it translated or subtitles that's i mean that's just the rules of star wars either someone that like for example nine numb his in in return of the jedi 
His dialogue is not translated. That's fine. You know who understands him? Lando Calrissian. And so he actually will respond so you know what Nine Numb said. The Ewoks, we don't really know what they're saying, but thanks to 3PO, we end up knowing what they're saying. So, Nabu, Aku Tak Tak. You know, uh, so, you know, we we get to understand them through then. And then uh, when we meet them again in the cartoon or in the in in the, the Ewok adventure or the battle for Endor, they're speaking English. You know, they, they learn to speak basic, so to speak. So anyhow, um, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that we should be putting down the very foundation of Star Wars to lift up something that we want to like in Star Wars. If you like Andor, then talk about its merits and talk specifically about the merits that you like about it. In the same way, if someone's going to be critical of it and you want to have a real discussion, tell them to be very specific about things. I will say this, the pacing is very slow. I don't appreciate a Star Wars show starting out in a strip club and and the language that's in there and some of the other situations have been thrown in there. And I and I haven't found any of it particularly interesting, to be honest with you. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about world building and everything. Oh, it's amazing world building. There was a big chunk of Andor, these first four episodes, that focus in on the politics of the um, of the galaxy. Remember when everyone was complaining about that? Well, who cares about the the obstruction of trade routes? The taxation of trade routes in the Federation. What an incredible opening crawl. The, the taxation of trade routes is in dispute and blah, blah, blah. Who cares about all that? This is the worst Star Wars. So, you know, I, I'll tell you this. Andor is probably the most boring piece of Star Wars we've had since sitting through, you know, 45 minutes of Wookiees just talking to each other on the holiday special. I said it, Shaz. I said it, Shaz. It's just, I, and, 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 and I want to, and I'm, I'm in the camp. I would like to like it. I really would. Cassian's not very likable. And a lot of people are, come, but I will say this. Now here's where I'll come around and defend. A lot of people say, we saw him shoot two people in cold blood in the beginning. Okay. We were introduced to this character in Rogue One with him shooting someone that was an ally in cold blood and leaving him lying dead in an alley because he was injured and could not get away with him. We saw that take place. He was going to kill Jen's, uh, Jen's father with her in tow. You know? So I'm, I don't have the hugest issue with that. But... um. But I don't like care. I, you know what? But I will say this, just in general, I don't like a hero that I can't really get behind all of his decisions. You know, I, I don't, I don't like a, an anti-hero unless it's the Hulk. To be honest with you, and even then, I don't like it when they take the Hulk too much into anti-hero um, territory. So I understand these are my personal preferences. These are my things. I think Andor lacks the adventure that Star Wars craves in so many ways that star wars needs and that star wars is made up of i think that um i do think that it's interesting that they said well, there's not going to be a lot of easter eggs you know for people to look for and they're all over the show you know that's fine i think stellan skarsgård to me stellan skarsgård's an interesting actor and i always enjoy him when he's on screen so i was kind of glad to see him in a star wars 
project and and you know i'll keep watching I, that's the thing is i'll kind of keep watching but i'm not looking forward to it and i and it'll be one of those things that i forget that there's a new one you know until i see someone talking about oh there's a new andor and you know and then i'll be like oh yeah there it is have we had three episodes only or we have we had a fourth we had a fourth because that's where we got the mon mothma stuff where she's getting where he's getting ready for a dinner party while she went to go do a covert thing with Luther or whatever his name is. And then he dumped Cassian off of that band of people from the rejects from the solo movie, um, where they're going to pull a heist or some such. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm not, you know, look, if you like it, you like it. I, it's not something I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about because I'm not, you know, super into it. However, I will say this, this came across, the old wires a few weeks ago. This is the one that you saved. We see Mandalorian and Grogu on a boat. There's the modified Naboo starfighter coming in for a landing. Of two. Hey, hold on a second. There was something here. I've not heard anyone talk about. Of course, I haven't really heard anyone much talk about the uh the mandalorian season three trailer um they're landing in a place that uh it's not naboo but i also don't think it's the planet where grief cargo was it looks a little too clean but it's got one of those archway kind of gates there this is about 13 seconds into the mandalorian season three teaser trailer as the modified naboo starfighter is coming in for a landing um, and then there's a ship that has a ramp coming down from it, which is not the Naboo Starfighter. Grogu is coming out in a little, you know, floaty basket thing. And there is a woman coming down behind him. Now, there are a lot of people who would say, oh, well, that's probably, um, uh, what's her face? What's the lady's name? Starbuck, um, from the, from the, from the Battlestar Galactica remake. Uh, Bo-Katan. But here's the thing. It's not a Mandalorian. Uh-oh, I've slowed it down. It look Well, maybe it is a man. Maybe there is some Mandalorian armor there. There's two guns, one for both of you on either side. I just... I see some shin guards and some knee pads, but I don't see anything that denotes the rest of it being Mandalorian armor. So it could be a Mandalorian. I thought for a minute it may be old... Uh, not Zam Wessel. What's that chick's name? Um... Zori Bliss. It could be. She wears two guns, one for each of you. The colors are wrong based on what she was in episode eight or nine, but, um, nine? Episode nine. Um, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Episode eight was The Last Jedi. Episode nine is The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so she's in episode nine. Uh, but it may be Bo Katan, or it could be Sasha Banks' character. Anyway, continuing on, moving forward. Of two. Now we see them in. She that's the armor saying they're a clan of two. We see them in a cave, looking around. It doesn't look. This looks to be new footage. This is not the ice cave from uh, season two. A lot of things happening pretty fast here. That we see a ship in some clouds, and it does. I don't think that's the Naboo Starfighter. It looks like uh, something different. It looks like one of the Mandalorian Starfighter ships. 
You have removed your helmet. Oh, we're so worried about him removing the helmet. Then you are a Mandalorian. No more. I guess we're going to recap that from the Book of Boba Fett. Always great to see an asteroid field in Star Wars, and he's being chased by some type of marauders or something. There's old Bo-Katan, and this is apparently on Mandalore. Your cult. Fractured our people. Maybe that cleaned up place is Grief Karga's planet that I forget the name of, and he's just really done a good job of cleaning up in charge because he's walking out looking like Jerry the King Lawler. Um, got his got his cape on and everything. He's he's in charge. There's an R5 unit. Maybe that's R5D4. Maybe he borrowed off our R5. R5. Let me. Can I just dream a little bit? What if he borrows our R5D4 from the lady on Tatooine? That would be amazing. R5 finally getting his chance to shine. Not blowing a motivator. He did have a bad motivator. Look. People. One thing that they've been doing in Star Wars since uh, The Force Awakens that I'm not sure how I feel about, but I kind of like it, is the shot from, like, there's a camera placed on on the ship from the outside, so you get kind of an outside view with a, with a bit of the ship in it. And uh, they're doing this right now with this Mandalorian, uh, what appears to be a Mandalorian starfighter, coming in over what is obviously uh, the ruins of Mandalore. Where were you then? Mandalorian's jumping out of a... Did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? She's... They're calling Grogu the dad. We got some Kowakian monkey lizards up in a tree. Looks like some pirates. And there was old Babu Frick. Pretty cool. Maybe it's Babu Frick that gets R5 all worked up working right because he does stand there next to R5 and kind of smiles at one point. So my big takeaway is R5-D4 is finally getting his uh, deal. Uh, she's calling Mando Grogu's dad, which I think is interesting. Babu Frick is interesting. That's why I was thinking the woman behind Grogu on the one ship might have been Zori Bliss. But, you know, I, look, I don't want to get all in, off into that weird speculation kind of stuff. Um, Babu Frick is a bright light, I think, from the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, I, I would also like to see him run up on Maz Kanata. Mandalo, Mando seems like the type of person that would go to her uh, her little bar just to, you know, because it's kind of like a place of neutrality. I think Maz would be a great person to run up on, especially with Grogu there. Um, you know, cause she's obviously got some stuff. Look, she was shortchanged in, I, I don't care what you say. This is one thing we've not, I've never really spoken of when it comes to the sequel trilogy. After her introduction in the force awakens, she was grossly underused, grossly underused in uh, in The Last Jedi and then The Rise of Skywalker as well. She just absolutely got the shaft, I think. Um, and that's that's unfortunate. I really like Maz, and I think it should be um, 
I think there should there should be more of her. I, I, if only there was a Maz Kanata song. If only there was a Maz Kanata song. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, look, I, Mandalorian has been one of the better things that's come out of the Disney era of Star Wars, and I think um, that we're in a position where, it, to, for me, it's almost like the old EU. When it came to the old EU, once it really started to expand. I never read the first Rogue Squadron book. I never read any of the X-Wing series, you know, that kind of stuff. I never read um, some of the more peripheral things uh, that a lot of people like, you know, like the Kyle Katarn books, you know, I Jedi and those sorts of things. I stuck with um, I stuck with kind of the, our main characters, our main cast. And then once the movie started coming out again with the prequels, I just kind of said, I'm done with the books. I, the books were were scratching an itch for Star Wars that wasn't being scratched. Well, when the movie started hitting, you know, and I know it was every three years, but between those movies, there were ways to continue to scratch that Star Wars itch, whether it was through some collecting of toys, uh, the waiting on the... the Look, it used to be an event to wait on the DVD releases or the VHS releases, and then the DVD, and then once DVD was a thing, you know, kind of locked in, to wait on the DVD releases. I remember going with my friend to go pick up our copy of the Phantom Menace on VHS and brought it back and watched it that day, and it had a little bit of extra footage in it and that sort of thing. And man, when the DVD hit, oh my goodness, that was just absolutely, you know, the stuff. And so you had different milestones between each of those movies to kind of keep you fed, keep you going. And then after Revenge of the Sith, it wasn't long. It wasn't that long before we roll into the Clone Wars, you know, and, and then I've got a, a Star Wars show. So I didn't, I didn't really follow all of the books. You know, I never really read Tales of the Bounty Hunter or uh, Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina or the Bounty Hunter Wars or any of that stuff because they didn't have our key characters in it that I wanted to continue to read their adventures. And I think that's where we're at with um, with Disney Star Wars now. There's just stuff that I'm just going to not really care about, and I won't really pay much attention to it. I think it's shaping, Andor is shaping up to be one of those things. I've not watched a second of The Bad Batch. Um, you know, I've not, um, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that's come out that I've just not consumed. And I'm not mad about it. It's just like, eh, it doesn't interest me here. And so I think I'm okay to not do it. Mandalorian was something that I did not think would uh, would really catch my attention very much. But it did, and it was really well done that first season. The second season, I thought, was was just a great continuation of what had already come before it. And so, and I and look, I still get excited thinking about the return of Luke Skywalker at the end of season two. I, you know, it was, a, that was a unifying moment in star Wars fandom. And it was just so great to see Luke get his Darth Vader moment, you know, from rogue one. And, and so I'm, I'm in on the Mandalorian, but if that doesn't happen, um, you know, if, 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 if there's, if that's all I get from Disney era star Wars, I really dig. So be it, you know. Uh, there's a long history of stuff in Star Wars that I enjoyed and loved, and I'm, you know, looking even even when it comes to like the the toys and stuff. As I look across the room here and I look at the shelf with a lot of Star Wars stuff on it, there's 
I really find that it's the the vintage stuff that brings me the most pleasure uh, when it comes to to Star Wars toys. The newer stuff is fine. I'm not against it. I'm not mad about it. But they because there's so much that I don't really know in Star Wars anymore, which sounds really weird for me to say. I don't really get obsessed with getting everything. So you know. But when it comes to those old vintage toys, you know, the the AT-AT, the ATST, the the Death Star playset, the Millennium Falcon, um, you know, all of those great old Star Wars toys, I'm down, you know, with them. And I'm I am I'm here for that. And I love watching other people, even if I have the stuff, you know, I love watching other people show off their vintage collection stuff as well. So um so I've got years of Star Wars and I'm and I'm able to kind of let go what needs to be let go and that sort of thing and and I'm okay with that. I don't think Star Wars anything needs to be fought for. Uh it's going to be just fine without, you know, us fighting over everything. I I I think it's great to have the Mandalorian to look forward to. I haven't really enjoyed uh, as I said Andor and uh but you know, look, that's me. You don't have to agree with me and that's and I think it's okay when uh when when we don't agree. It's just a matter of how we handle our disagreements. And I think some people, as I said, I think, I do think there's some people who just really want this thing to be good. And, and so they're, they're beginning to make weird statements, you know, like, well, you know, the a new hope is really boring. It was not, you know, look at the way a new hope's cut There there are quick cuts in, in the edit, in the editing process that make it visually interesting and compelling to watch. Even now, all these years later, uh, Dave Jones and I had a great conversation about Superman the movie at the end of this most recent movies with Steve and Dave. And what would someone who's never seen it, who's a fan of modern film and that sort of thing, would they actually like it? And I don't know. I, it was it. I, I, I'd encourage you to head there and listen to it if you if you're so inclined, because it really I think was a was a was a worthwhile discussion that we were having over there about that. And 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 I think the same is true of Star Wars. I, I will say this, the year was 2012, 2013. There was a little boy in the town where I lived who uh, his parents were talking to me, said, oh, you need to talk to him. He loves Star Wars. He loves it. And so he came over and was talking to me. I said, well, what's your favorite movie? And he said, episode four. And I was blown away because that's not something I expected a child of his age because he was at the time uh, eight, you know, seven or eight. And he's like, I love episode four. And I'm like, really? What's your favorite part? When they're in the trash compactor with the Dianoga? Are you serious? Yeah, he loved it, and and that was his his first one. So, um, I you know I I think it does hold up. I think that episode four does hold up. It's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of. But I, my big thing is is we don't have to tear down the very foundation of star Wars to try to lift up something else. Because if you remove that foundation of a new hope, if you remove star Wars, the first star Wars movie, the foundation, then everything else falls apart because that's, it's all built on that, you know? Um, Andor starts out with, this is five years, BBY before the battle of Yavin. So, um, if there's no battle of Yavin, you know, there's no Andor. So I would say, uh, you know, just, just learn. I think we all need to learn criticism. And I think we need to learn. I go back to something I said on, I think the last episode, something I heard Roger Ebert said, you know, this is art and art is, uh, is subjective. You know, you, 
you like it or you don't. And, and, and it all comes down to opinion. And if you want to have intelligent conversation about the opinion, that's what positivity in the geek culture is all about. That's, that's what it's, that is, that's what we do here. You know, we're honest. We're not jerks to one another. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that a lot of people have mistaken positivity for just accepting everything and being okay with everything, you know, that comes about from these corporations and these studios. I, I tend to disagree. I think we can have positive conversations about things we don't like, you know, and I think that we can just be cordial about it. So anyhow, that's my soapbox. We've been going way too long. We got one more break. We're going to come back do a little big honking show stuff. Stick around. This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. Just thought he was going to kill my little guy. Save time and money with Sasquatch Stick. The Sasquatch Stick is a revolutionary device that rids your property of those problem Bigfoot. I come out here and rough talk him and run him off. Our product's been successfully used by tens of thousands of people and been positively reviewed on nationwide news programs. I go up here, this stick, he was standing right there, and I said, get away from here. Get. Get. If you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get your money back guaranteed. Works on most mythic beasts, real or imagined. And he went right back out that path again. Others may cost you $100, but for four easy payments of $19.95, the Sasquatch Chick can be yours. Limited time offer, not available in stores. Russian and U.S. scientists gather to hunt down you. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Do you believe in Bigfoot? In a world torn between reality and fantasy. Sure, there's a possibility. The thing is, it's like this is exciting. We're going to discover a new species of animal. Scientists themselves are saying that there's a population of Yeti in the area. Two podcasters do the unthinkable. Oh my legend! That's the kind of thing that Taxi ruins. Cab confessions. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of thing that ruins a career. From the makers of Geek Out Loud and the Big Honkin' Show comes the new face of terror. No, I didn't ask you. Is there a possibility? I asked you. Do you believe? Skunk. In Russia, they're yetis, but in Bigfoot, America... Sasquatch, skunk ape, skunk yet, ape. Yeah, that's what they call them down in Florida. Yeti, um, abominable snowman. Just make a name up, because no one's going to know what it really is. They're going to capture it. Do you not believe in Bigfoot? It's going to break out. There's going to be some evidence, and then I'll be like... Do you? Yes. Yes, I do. Really? This is the voice of Russia. I must break you. Oh. 
We were doing so good. Scott. 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 This film is not yet rated. Now it's time for Kids Ask Steve. Take it away, kids. Mr. Deep, where did the glitter come from? Well, glitter's just ground up unicorn bones. Seriously, man? You just told a four-year-old that? You're unbelievable. Geek Out Loud. Steve Glosson, glad to be along with you here. You know, uh, we're almost two hours into this show, and a lot of times I think about, well, it's not a school night, and we've got people in the chat who need to get to bed, that sort of thing. And I also hear all these other podcasts that go, you know, an hour. And honestly, after an hour, I'm just getting crunk up. You know, like I'm, I, I, I need an hour to get warmed up and get going. And, and so I wonder, should I apologize for doing long episodes? I don't know. Email us geekoutonline at gmail.com.com. What just happened? Whoa. What just happened there? Email us geekoutonline at gmail.com. Why did I throw an extra gut.com in there? Oh no. It's time to retire. I I feel like that's it. That my any any I don't now I'm scared. Okay. <clears throat> Let us begin. Uh <laughs> online at gmail.com dot com. Uh email us. Let us know what you think. And uh, if you want it to be shorter, uh here's what you do. Uh just pause it at a break and come back later and, and, you know, listen to it from there. So, uh, look, I told someone the other night, I'm kind of missing the big honking show. I enjoyed what the big honking show was and, and just the fun we get to have on that and just goofing around and having a good time. I don't know how to turn geek out loud completely into the big honking show, but I do know how to bring the big honking show a little bit in to geek out loud and uh the first things first we got this from roth in wyoming a little bit earlier just before the show got going and uh this is this is from about 13 years ago i don't know how uh he didn't send this in um you know when we were doing late night big honking shows on friday nights and that sort of thing because this this is right along that this is um thermopolis uh wyoming and uh, they're going to tell us about something special they have there in Thermopolis. Give it a listen. Wyoming has a rhinoceros. He hangs around Thermopolis. Not a metropolis, but they got a great day he's in. <laughs> I know this sounds preposterous. They've even got a hippopotamus. Come check out Thermopolis. They got a great day he's in. Come check out Thermopolis. They got a great day's in. 
Hot Springs State Park, Thermopolis, Wyoming. <laughs> Come check it out. They've got a great day's end. Now, look, I... Come on now. Metropolis, but they got a great day's end. I know this sounds preposterous. But they've even got a hippopotamus. Come check out Thermopolis. They've got a great day's end. Now, there's a weird moment. As before they tag it with the, come check out Thermopolis, they got a great day's in where it cuts to a woman receiving a, a massage, I guess at the day's in, I don't know. Um, but it starts with, there's a head of a rhinoceros hanging on a wall and it goes to what I believe to be, um, uh, a giant, um, well, it, 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 it looks like the buildup from a pipe with all the minerals that kind of solidified as the water evaporates, but it's, it looks to be standing about, you know, 15 feet tall and, and, and super big around. It's just a giant, is it stalactite or stalagmite that grows up from the ground? Which one's which? Anybody in the chat know right off the top of your head? Stalactite, stalagmite. I don't know. Um, Anyhow, it's it. I guess it's there at the Warm Springs, but it's it's a sight to behold. I'll tell you that. Um, and then the Metropolis. They show downtown. Great days in. People in a hot tub. Head of a hippopotamus on the wall. Here's the dining room. Now, in 2009, two night package was one nine 189.95 and up. If you're arriving Sunday through Thursday, two hundred nine ninety five and up. If you're arriving Friday or Saturday, per couple, uh, lodging for two nights, complimentary bottle of champagne, special prime rib dinner for two, and much more. And this is where they cut to the woman receiving a. Come check out Thermopolis. They, they got, got a great days in. Let's one more time. <clears throat> Here we go. Wyoming has a rhinoceros that hangs around Thermopolis. Not a metropolis. They've got a great day's in. I know this sounds preposterous. They even got a hippopotamus. Come check out Thermopolis. They got a great day's in. They got a great out Thermopolis. They got a great day's in. That's fun. That is, listen, I love a good weird commercial, man. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to take your Thermopolis commercial because that made me think of something else I got sent this week. Ladies and gentlemen, the musical stylings of Toasters and Moose. Come on. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. Don't get that honey sauce on me. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wings. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the butter spread. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the butter spread. 
to get your butter spread all on me. I don't like the way it mixes with my mac and cheese. Cause when you're at KFC, you got that special sauce to stir my curiosity. Just give me a five piece meal, oh what a deal. A big old box, it's all for me. You know I'll take coleslaw on the side. I could tell you wanted to try the potato wedges. <laughs> now, I need you to understand. Oh, wait, don't let me talk over keyboard solo. change there um toasters and moose i believe toasters is the woman singing and moose is the guy on the keyboard and um they're in what appears to be a thrift store and there's a man carrying their son around this is, now i did a little bit of research on this after i saw this video i believe this is from some weird movie they made back in the day of these two like and i use the term movie loosely you know i don't like the way it tastes on my chicken wings but Mo Toasters is Take totally out, into it. Moose. Take us out, Moose. Here we go. Taste, Taste the biscuit. <laughs> that was the song, Taste the Biscuit. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't recommend that enough to you to go check it out yourself because it's one of those things that have to be seen to be believed. They're in some kind of like weird thrift store setting and she's like, I mean, she's giving it all she's got. With, as far as her moving around on the mic, you know, and she's got her, she's grooving to it and everything. And he's sitting there, he's bobbing his head a little bit, but he's mostly just, you know, playing the thing. And, um, and he's not really playing the thing. It's almost like, you know, he's got the preset beats going on. And then he does his little keyboard solo, one handed, mind you. And then Take Us Out Moose is one, two, three, four, five. Taste the biscuit. Yeah. Come on. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Yes. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. Yeah, take the bit. Uh huh, uh huh. But don't get it. Don't get it on me. Get that honey sauce on me. Yep, nope. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wing. So she's saying, taste the biscuit, enjoy the biscuit and the honey sauce, but do not get the honey sauce on me because. I don't like the way it tastes on my chicken wings. Now, that reminded me of this old classic. I say that breakfast is one of the most important meals of the day. It helps to perk us up and get us on our way. But there's a kingdom coming that's part of God's plan when God's word is all we need to feed man. This is the breakfast song. Uh oh. No more sausage. No more orange juice. No more coffee. No more biscuits. Mm -mm. No more light bread. No more light bread. No more, bread. No more rib grits. No more scrambled eggs. 
No more scrambled eggs. Now, listen, I'm a, I'm a bit of a pastor myself, and this man's singing about no more breakfast, and he's saying all these things we're not going to have, and I'm like, I don't think that's heaven. Because at one point, he says no gravy, no biscuits. Come on. I, if there's no biscuits in heaven, can you really call it heaven, ladies and gentlemen? I know some of my deeper theologians will be like, Steve, now come on. That's not, that's not heaven. I know, but come on, get with me on this. All right. Um, one of the things we love to do, or we used to love doing the Big Honkin' Show, is um, focus in on a few different things that that kind of grab our attention. And in this case, uh, wow, we've got a criminal here. You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. North Dakota, North Dakota woman charged after. Um, after bringing a raccoon into a bar, Erin Christensen, 38, told authorities her family had found the raccoon on the side of the road about three months ago and named it Rocky. Uh, she brought a wild raccoon into a North Dakota bar, which prompted state health officials to issue a warning about potential rabies exposure, and she's facing criminal charges. Her name was Erin Christensen. She's charged with misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement tampering with physical evidence and unlawful possession of fur bearers. Fur bearers. Christensen was arrested last week after authorities found her and the raccoon by serving several search warrants in and around Maddox. Now, wait a minute. Not only did this lady show up at the bar with the raccoon when she found out she was in trouble, um, they apparently went on, they went on the lam. Now, obviously, the raccoon already had his mask on. They said that, you know, he may potentially have rabies, but when you got in that bar, he was the only one who was washing up before he ate. Uh, she was arrested after the found authorities found her by serving several search warrants. It's illegal under the North Dakota Board of Animal Health Laws to keep a wild raccoon. Authorities euthanized the animal... And it tested negative for rabies. Look, I understand the rabies scare when it comes to raccoons. I get it. And there's only one way to test for rabies when it comes to these animals. You got to kill them and check the brain, apparently. But man, they just, they blatantly killed the animal. And then it tested. And so all their fears were unfounded. This is why there's an anim apocalypse on, ladies and gentlemen, because we do stuff like this. They'd had it for three months. They'd had it for th look. Now I <sighs> here's the thing. Okay, Christensen took Rocky to Matic Bar on September 6th during happy hour and showed the raccoon to customers. Bartender Cindy Smith said the animal never bit anyone at the bar. Nevertheless. North Dakota's uh, hum and human Health and Human Service Department issued a warning asking anyone who may have been bitten or had contact with the raccoon saliva to seek medical care. 
Now they have a picture on this article of a raccoon and it's the cutest little raccoon you've ever seen. And they've got kind of a filter around it. Like it's in a, <laughs> like it's an in memoriam picture in memory of Rocky, the raccoon. <laughs> Here's the thing. They had it for three months in three months time. And maybe raccoons react, respond differently to rabies and other animals. I don't know. That's a good Google for you right there. Do raccoons react differently to rabies? Um, raccoons with rabies have been found in the South and Eastern United States. Foxes with rabies have been found in Alaska, Arizona, New Mexico. I don't care about all that. I want to know about, uh, let's see here. I don't know. I, I don't know if rabbit animals don't always fall in the mouth, but you would think that it would be going after, uh, let's see. How do I tell if an animal has rabies? Some of the visible signs of rabbit could include the following symptoms, aggressive behavior, tagging for no reason, lethargic, walking in a circle and confused and drunk life. If he wasn't showing any of those, then what's the deal? You know, I mean like for three months, you would have thought, I, here's the thing. I don't, I have to question the people's intelligence who take in a wild animal. I do question that. But if you're someone who's willing to take in a wild animal, I think that you are intelligent enough to know if the wild animal, um, would, uh, would, would, would have what you'd be able to tell if it had the rabies or not. But, you know, apparently poor old Rocky, you know, he, he thought he'd had a good gig. And then he walked into a bar. You've been hit by, you've been by a smooth and the real crime here is, and was she arrested? She was arrested. But now here's the thing. We're not finding out what her sentence is. She's charged with misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement, tampering with physical evidence and unlawful possession of, let's not forget the unlawful possession of fur bearers. I think I like the term fur bearers than I do fur babies. Because fur babies is dumb. Uh, wow, this is just absolutely. I saw this man on YouTube one time, who he went out on his porch with a bucket of hot dogs. Everything sounds normal so far, doesn't it? And was feeding said bucket of hot dogs to, I mean, a swarm of raccoons. A, a an absolute swarm of raccoons um <laughs> oh shaz you just brought up one of the greatest things ever in the whole of life one of them has uh flashing red i'm gonna go down 303 again whoa kitty cat no raccoon ah uh, uh, not anymore <laughs> you've been hit by you've been struck by a smooth criminal <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. Oh, good night. Unlawful possession of a fur bearer. Well, listen, they'll get you however they can. Anything they can do to cause problems, the animals will, because they do hate you. The animals absolutely despise you. I Listen, I got to hear that one more time. I haven't heard... I have not heard that clip from Scott Rifen in so long. This was from 
uh, Scott's coverage of a hurricane that came through the coastal Georgia several years ago. And Scott bravely stayed behind to be on the front lines of the news and everything that was going on locally for people. And he was driving around surveying the damage. And uh, this is one of those moments. One of them has uh, flashing red. I'm going to go down 303 again. Whoa, kitty cat. No, raccoon. Ah, uh, not anymore. Uh, oh, and you, he ran right under me. You, there was literally nothing you, I could do. You hear the creak. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. Oh, man. And of course, that led to one of the great, uh, one of the great uh, Shaz Bazaar uh, parody songs. Oh, Lily. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 
Thanks for reminding me of that. I cannot believe I didn't jump to that, but that's Shaz Bazaar saving us there. And that was a Shaz. Listen, I hope you understand the work that went into what Shaz did there. That's some amazing work that he did. And, uh, and what a, what a great, great song that that is. And, and what a great moment. Um, unfortunately for that raccoon, he too had to give his life apparently in the name of science. You've been hit by you see, the thing is, though, and, and I, and I, I want to have more sympathy for the poor little raccoon than I do, but I understand something that I don't know that a lot of people do understand. It's something we discovered on the show uh, during the third age of the Big Honkin' Show when we were on the radio five days a week. We started getting all these stories about animals invading places animals have no business being. And uh, we realize that we're under attack and that the animals want to destroy humanity in an event we call the Animapocalypse. Now, I know you just heard that last song. You thought, well, listen, little Rocky wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he died for no reason. No, he died in the name of let's get rid of the animals. Um, the balance is trying to be shifted by these critters. Even your, listen, your animals don't love you. I know you think they do, but you're a source of food and shelter for them. And if it wasn't you, it'd be someone else. They don't care if you live or die, and neither do any of the wild animals in the world. They're just all about the apocalypse. I got some feeling in my life. Whoa. I need your touch. I need your love. Whoa. And I want. And I need. And I love. And I love. Apocalypse. Anim Apocalypse news, everybody, as we look. Listen, I don't want to be overly silly or to neglect that there's been some real bad stuff happen uh, in the past few days, what with uh, Hurricane Ian coming up through Florida and then hitting the, the east coast of the nation as well. Uh, a lot of people displaced. There have been people that, that have died. People lost power. And anytime you have a community lose power, it becomes a real struggle. But in Virginia, uh, back a couple of weeks ago, back on September 25th, uh, over 1,500 Virginians were left without power because of a rat. Residents in one northern Virginia community were left rattled. Oh, this is one of those HuffPost things that try to do puns. After a rodent wiped out their power on Friday, over 1,500 residents in the Tysons, Virginia area experienced the outage at night, according to WUSA-TV. Peggy Fox, a spokesperson for Dominion Energy in Northern Virginia, revealed the cause of the outage on Twitter, a pesky little curious critter. Fox wrote that the outage was due to a rat that infiltrated a piece of equipment, that's a quote-unquote there, and caused an outage that left 1,588 customers in the dark. The outage was resolved just over an hour, uh, after just over an hour, uh, Peggy Fox wrote, uh, power outage in Tyson's area now was caused by a rat that infiltrated a piece of equipment. Wow. Uh, Twitter users joked about the ad outage and the rat's involvement. Uh, everything from splinter jokes to, um, uh, the pizza rat 
video surfacing in which the pizza listen uh, I, i'm making the scott rifen noise when i think about the pizza rat here's the thing that was not an accident the, the templeton you know got up in there and he was bound and determined to knock out the i'm going to knock out the power of all of virginia it says crunchy look i found something here it says crunchy i remember templeton the rat from charlotte's web when he said that it says crunchy well this particular temple was like it says i'm gonna gonna put them in the dark gonna take their powers let's see here what we've got um uh, well i'm now i'm talking about templeton from the old cartoon all I can find on YouTube immediately is like his song that he sang about the smorgasbord that was there and eating everything and enjoying it. I found a little something that says crunchy. And she says, I think that'd make him think of crunchy bacon. And then Wilbur faints. Bacon? Oh. Um, look, these animals are not to be trusted. I've said it again and again and again and again. And now they're learning that we depend on power. And we have become very dependent on power. You know why? Because if you don't have power, you can't charge your phone or your tablet. And before you know it, you've lost your babysitter and your access to the outer world because of that. Uh, also, when the power goes out, if you still have cell service, suddenly everybody is using said cell service to get online to find out when the power is going. And, and suddenly cell service is gone. Like the, like the, 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 the grid is, is, is overdone. Don't think this is the first, this is the last time we're going to hear of animals trying to take the power out. It's going to happen again and again and again, because, uh, that's how it goes. That's, that's exactly what, what happens here in, in these things. The animals are continuously trying to find new ways to destroy all of humanity. And in this case, this rat gave his life, uh, in the name of trying to defeat humanity. And that's just, that's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. And I, and I'm sorry, I have to be the one to tell you that. I know, look, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that, that the cute little fuzzy animals, that the fur bearers themselves are trying to destroy us, but they are, they are. In fact, that raccoon that Rife and hit might've been <laughs> the one to sabotage that transformer. When he was going by, there was a there were several clips that he sent me from that situation uh, during um, during that hurricane because there was one where there was like a deer or some such, and I don't remember if he sent them to me because of the the animal apocalypse situation, um, but it was uh, oh I wish I could remember exactly what was going on there. Um, but anyhow, we have one other deal here, and, and it's actually a combo. I always like it when we get a combo. Um, let's leave the rat. Let's put everyone on alert with the rats because they'll chew through anything, especially if they think it's crunchy. Uh, and let's go, to, uh, let's go to Florida, ladies and gentlemen. You know, there's always something that seems to be happening in Florida. This is another thing we discovered uh, back in the day in the Big Honkin Show. When I say back in the day, I mean circa 2000 was it 2012 you know 10 years ago on the big honkin show we began to discover this stuff um the the original big honkin show the first stage was 2009 to 2010 and i believe it was 2012 when we were let back on the air 
on Monday through Fridays uh, with the Big Honkin' Show. And uh, it was probably taken off about six months later. And I think we moved into what we called the fourth age and uh, then the fifth age. And now it's all just part of gold. But it's Florida news, ladies and gentlemen. We discovered that there's all kinds of crazy things happen down there. America's little dangly part. Like the booger that hangs out of your nose and you can't get rid of. Florida news. But not only that, I believe uh, at this time we also have uh, the opportunity to celebrate the triumph of the human spirit over all manner of adversity. And we call it our real life superhero. Now, seldom do we have actual Florida residents who are the real-life superheroes. Usually, they're smooth criminals. But here, we have a man welding a shotgun strolling into a Florida convenience store during an attempted robbery. (laughs) But he made a swift exit once the store clerk displayed his own weapon, authorities say. Uh, Rakeem Stephen Tate, 32, walked into a convenience store in Pensacola, Florida on September 9th, brandishing a large, invisible shotgun at his side. According to the Escambia County Sheriff's Office, he's been charged with attempted robbery and openly carrying prohibited firearms. Uh, Evidently, the clerk had spotted Tate arming himself outside, dashed the back room to arm himself with a personal weapon. Tate then began sputtering about his point of origin. I don't mean no harm. I'm just not from around here, he said. I got a big blank blank gun, but I'm not from around here is what I'm saying. I'm from Chicago, bro, he continued. He then asks the clerk what kind of weapon he had on him. The clerk responds and Tate makes his exit from the store. Authorities ultimately uncovered the Benelli shotgun Tate was using. A statement from the Escambia County Sheriff's Office describing the incident read, he then fumbles for words, resorting to meaningless babble about being from Chicago. Words seem to fail you when your felony attempt is thwarted by lawful and righteous force. Yes, lawful and righteous force. The statement then mocked Tate's unconvincing excuse for carrying a weapon you're not in Chicago anymore. You're under arrest, it read. So, yeah, dude comes in, and there's there's security cam footage of it, of the guy walking around, and he does. He's got a big shotgun. He's just walking around like it's no big deal. And uh, I I know there's language, so I don't want to pull up the, the audio here. Um, but he's like, yo, I'm from Chicago. Well, guess what? You're not in Chicago anymore, pal. And, uh, and I want to see what the clerk was. Okay. We see the clerk run to the back here. Um, this camera angle has at the very far right, what would be the counter area. And the clerk is not behind the counter. Uh, but the man comes walking in with his shotgun in hand and he's just kind of leisurely walking around with a shotgun in hand. And, um, and he, he looks back again behind the counter and he's talking to the guy and it seems to be talking kind of, he looks like he's trying to be casual as he's talking to him. We cannot see the guy wielding his shotgun. <laughs> he just kind of puts the shotgun up in front of him. He's like, this is my shotgun. That's what I got with me. What have you got? 
and uh, just talking. Apparently, this is where he's babbling on. But the, uh, unfortunately, the store owner is out of the range of the camera. I wish he was in view of the camera uh, because I would love to see the gun he's carrying. And dude just casually walks out, casually walks out. There he goes right out the door. Look, I here on geek out loud, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't, um, how do I say this? We don't commend violence and we don't, we don't condone, uh, unnecessarily by unnecessary violence, unless it's like superhero fights. Um, and even then sometimes we get a little bothered by it. man of steel, anybody. Uh, but if you find yourself in a position where you can stop a criminal by being more well-prepared than they are, uh, if you got the bigger gun to shut them down, I say you go for it. We, I do not like criminals, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't. And, and that's something I made it abundantly clear back in the day on the big honking show. And I think that criminals need to be the ones who are scared. We need to make sure they're scared. And I, and that's why we support people. Uh, he's not, he's not there anymore, but, uh, uh, Clay, uh, what was his name? Oh man. What was, what was the crime stoppers guy name? Everybody. He's everybody. Hey, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Um, what was the crime stopper man's name? Um, from Louisiana that was like, listen to me. Here, let's just give him a listen. On Wednesday night, July the 8th, Stelly's Market and Restaurant on Highway 71 was broken into and burglarized. The thief smashed the front glass with a large rock, kicked in the office door, and made off with hundreds of dollars in cash. Watch as a man commits his crime. Look at him close. The hooded jacket he's wearing is camouflage. He appears to be light-skinned or white, and he looks to be around six foot tall and thin. Watch how he walks with sort of a lanky gait. Stelly's has been a local favorite for decades. The family works hard and is known to be generous. Always with a kind word for friend or stranger, the Stelly family represents Southern hospitality at its best. If you're the man that committed this felony, look at me, son. I'm talking to you. Yes, I love it so the much. The sheriff likes Stelly's restaurant, and so do I. The food here is good, and the folks are friendly. We're going to identify you, arrest you, and put you in a small cell. After that, I'm going to have a cheeseburger here with fries and a Coke and leave a nice <laughs> tip for the waitress. Meanwhile, your next meal will be served through a small hole in a cell door. Because our detectives harvested DNA from the rock you used and you left a perfect boot print on the door you kicked in. But we won't have to wait on lab results because you're on St. Landry Crime Stoppers tonight. Congratulations, son. I'm about to make you famous. Yes. By tomorrow, 100,000 people will have watched you commit a felony. You will be recognized. And the people that know you don't really like you anyway. Yes. So when it comes down <laughs> to a it. choice between you and $1,000, they'll take the cash. On behalf of Crime Stoppers, I'm Lieutenant Higgins. If you have any information Higgins, on this crime, Higgins was his name. It's not Clay Higgins, is it? Anyhow, he now listen, I will always he's now a um 
he he went on to be Captain Higgins, Clay Higgins. Yeah, it was Clay Higgins, and he is now serving in uh, the the United States Congress. And dude, he doesn't care one bit. He does not, as we like to say, give a duke. And he hate and I hate crime the way he hates crime. And so if you can walk in somewhere, look at me, son, I'm talking to you now. Uh, you walk in somewhere with a gun, have a bigger gun. That man's going to have a bigger gun than you. Criminals need to be scared the way this man was striking fear into the hearts of criminals. You know what? They're a cowardly and superstitious lot. That's what Batman said. And why do we like Batman? Because he strikes fear into the hearts of the, of the criminals, you know? And so, yeah, go, way to go, Florida man. Whoever you are, Mr. Owner of does it, I, I have closed out the, the article. I don't remember if it gives his name or not, but Hey, way to go, man. You're, you're, we celebrate you. You stopped a, you stopped a robbery. You might've even saved a life and the life you saved may have been your own. I'm, I'm Captain Glosson from Crime Stoppers. Y'all remember in Superman Returns when he stops that bank robbery and dude shoots him in the eyeball with a gun. That was a great shot and a great effect and uh, a great moment in, in Superman movie history. Um, you got to think of how those guys felt <laughs> as he just walks up the gallery. That's how this dude must have felt, even though he wasn't shooting the dude in the eyeball and it bounced off. Like You got to think, you look up and all of a sudden you've got a weapon, but there's a weapon trained on you. And the question then becomes very dirty, hairy, like, are you fast enough to pull up and draw down on the person who has you in their sights, weapons, cocked, loaded, ready to, to take you down? Or do you feel lucky? Well, do you punk? And then I believe in, it was, I forget which one it was where he said, go ahead, punk, make my day. That was big in the eighties. Go ahead, punk, make my day. Uh, that was, that was some, some dirty, hairy stuff there. Uh, we are, we are running down. We're running on empty now in the, in the words of who's saying running on empty. I bet Lisa, our resident movie, our resident music expert has gone to bed. Yeah. She was in the chat. Um, John Phillips talking about Captain Clay Higgins almost hit uh, promo pointers for wrestling. Yes, listen, this dude, you need to check out Clay Higgins' Crime Stopper videos because he does hit some major, it, it's some very much some some wrestling vibes when he starts talking trash to these guys, and he does not care one bit about the talk, the trash that he talks. Now, uh, we got into the woke culture a little bit around 2016 and, um, he was calling out some gangs in the area and, uh, and he said, look, this isn't a racial thing. And he had leaders from the black community were there with them aligned with the officers, but, uh, some people didn't like what he had to say and they wanted him to apologize and he refused to apologize. And so he turned in his badge instead and he went on to serve in, in Congress. So, um, and, and it's just, it's, yeah, it, it's, it, he's, if you like good wrestling promos, you need to check out Clay Higgins, Crime Stoppers. It's good stuff. Uh, Jackson Brown, uh, 
Sudden impact. Jackson Brown. What is that what I'm looking what now? I'd asked about a song. Is that right? Am I thinking of the Um Yeah, run on empty. I wonder if I have that song in my repertoire. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Honkin' Show because this is how we would do it. Things would just happen and um, and now I've got to hear it. And let's see. I've got Stay the Load Out. I don't like that one. Um, let's see. That's the one where they talk about setting up for the evening, right? Well, the show is over. And it's all done. It's over with. And it's like supposed to be sad that the show's over. But, you know, those guys back in those days, they didn't just go home and go to sleep, man. They had parties all night. I, I've seen the documentaries. I know how it goes. Uh, let's see if I have sudden impact. I feel like I do. But now I want to hear, uh, take a load off any. What's that song called? Take a load for free. Take a load off any. And you put the load, you put the load right on me. Uh, let's see. Stumbling sticks, sugar, summer, summer, sweet, sweet, sugar, sugar, sugar shack. I forget. Nope. I don't have, I don't have sudden impact. Oh, sudden impact was dirty Harry. Okay. Running on empty is the gotcha. All right. So you were answered. John Phillips was answering two questions at one time. Sudden impact was the, the, do you feel like or make my day punk? And, uh, and, and running on empty was sung by, uh, Jackson Brown. So I was looking for the wrong song in my repertoire. And, uh, so that means I gotta get back up to the R's fast as I can. Rings, Rocky, Rolling, Rosanna. Rosanna, yeah. Listen, you know what? I want to say something. Africa has gotten a lot of love by Toto. Africa by Toto has gotten a lot of love in recent years, and everyone's blessing the rings down in Africa. But I think that Rosanna has become a criminally, criminally underrated song uh, out of their catalog. I think really they their harmonies is what makes them pretty good. Um, Rosanna, Rosanna. I didn't know you were looking for more than I could ever be. Here's since you went away, Rosanna. All right, anyhow, I think, but here's running on empty. I found it. I did have it. Why did I even mention running on empty, by the way? Ladies and gentlemen, I've lost myself in the tangents. I have lost myself in the tangents.
All right. Well, uh, we have one more feature before we go, and it's called Better This First or This Second. Much like if you ever go to the eye doctor to hear this, and we've got just a few people in the chat, we're going to need your opinion. Uh, in our last episode, this is what ended up being uh, the chosen one. So better this first. These are for this is for closing uh, closing music for the Geek Out Loud. Email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com.com. Don't forget those Amazon links, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Thanks for joining us, everybody. So that's, this is, that's, okay, so better this first. Okay. Or, or this second. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Geek Out Loud. Want to thank everyone for joining us. Had a great time tonight. Email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. The Instagram is at realgeekoutloud. Check it out over there as I'm trying to get my shelves arranged after stumbling into them several weeks ago. And I just figured I would take pictures of things that are going up on the shelf. So uh, you can check that out. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. So... There you go. Better, better the first or the second. First or second. That's what we're asking right now. Uh, we're getting first. Uh, first. We got one for the second from DF Music 64. Like the second one until the grunts. Yeah. Well, okay. But first is better. All right. So first, first, first. Guys, someone with music in their title, though, is saying second. He obviously understands something the rest of us don't. I got to hear that hip hop one again. I got to hear that second one again. Let me see. I'll tell you what, I, I have become a fan of some uh, action figure reviewers um, who will do like great action figure poses and stuff that they'll take shots of and have on their video, and they do it to music like that, and I really, uh, I, I feel like I've got to do that. So, all right, so we're saying first again kind of wins the day. So, all right, so this is this is what wins for now. Wait, nope, not that one. <laughs> this is what wins for now uh, until we find something better. It, it probably does use a sample CD, DF, because um, this is royalty-free music that uh, I got from... Um, Tenton, number three is number one. Um, it, it's that I that I got from uh, from Adobe Stock. So uh, just trying to get royalty because we do want to expand more into the YouTube. And I hope you've subscribed to our YouTube, uh, which is aptly called Geek Out Loud. There's a lot of stuff from Chewy's Cantina over there, which you can get to by going to uh, geekoutonline.com/cantina.
You can also head over to our Facebook group, uh, The Guardians of the Goldiverse, by going to Facebook uh, to geekoutonline.com slash group. And if you're not a member there, just click on that. You'll have to answer a couple of questions. And if you answer those questions, and if you invite someone to be a part of the group, please communicate them to answer the questions uh, so that we know they're not just some you know bot or spam person trying to get in. And uh, I, a couple of things before we go. Uh, a couple, I, I, I'm, I'm always terrible at doing this. And so I want to make sure I do this. Well, I was on two episodes recently of, uh, rule the galaxy, the rule of the galaxy podcast. You can find them on YouTube at rule the galaxy. Um, I was on one, it was just myself and Joey Marinera and we just had a talk and honestly, uh, I may make some of you angry with some of the things I said on that particular one. I got really fired up about, uh, my feelings of the last Jedi and Luke's particularly Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi. And, um, and, and we talked a lot about forceology and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, rule the galaxy. I was on there and then I was on another show with the rest of the gang. Um, and we just had a good time talking and we kind of derailed them. Me and some of the guys derailed the rest of the show, talked a little wrestling. I, we, we hit on everything in the, in that episode. So, uh, check that out. Rule the galaxy, go subscribe to them and like them and all that good stuff. And then I was on, um, let me get, let me make sure I've got this just right. Uh, I won't pull the curtain back to tell why I ended up there, but I was on the deuce cast extra with Michael Nip. Uh, I'm Garrison Rifen. uh, Roth, in Wyoming was there and Roth was there. And, and of course he had like a, a, a screen name that was not Roth in Wyoming. And I kept saying, why is he, what, who is this person? What is going on? And I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, I feel like this is someone I should know. Or, and finally someone called him Roth instead of what was on his screen. And I'm like, you're Roth in Wyoming. I mean, as he's getting ready to leave the whole show and I'm like, he's like, yes, I am. And I felt so bad, but Roth in Wyoming was there. Uh, I'm Garrison Rifen. And of course, Michael Nip, Michael High Nip, you know, uh, guardian of the Goliverse from way back. And, and others. Mon Rothma is what he called himself. That's right. And uh, so check that out. Deuce Cast Extra. It was a good time. You know what? I forgot. Oh, my Lanta. Absolutely forgot in all of the PulseCon talk because I didn't put it down in the notes here. Indiana Jones, six inch action figures. I maybe, I don't know. I'm, mm, mm, they look great. But anyhow, um, Twitterless Dr. Earl as well was there. Yes, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, so check out Deucecast Extra. I had a, I showed up. I don't know what episode it is, but I showed up and made them recap everything they talked about and then just absolutely derailed the show. And then, um, of course, Rule the Galaxy. The BHS story, the Big Honkin' Show stories we did on this episode come to us courtesy of our remote producer and content provider, Jimmy in Georgia. We appreciate him so much for uh, sending those in. I just happened to check the Big Honkin' Show email the last episode, and there were some there, and same thing around this time, a couple of new ones, and we appreciate that so much. I do want to hear from you. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. I know it's old. I know it's the cla- the old way of doing things. Geekoutonline at gmail.com is the best way to communicate with us though here at the show if you want to support the shows again patreon.com slash geek out loud and uh those amazon links really really do help especially as we're rolling into the whole holiday season and everything uh until next time i'm steve glosson thank you all so much for joining us those that were mixel.com slash goldiverse and everyone else we'll see you around the goldiverse have a good one everybody 